Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Archie and his boys, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Eric, have you ever been this excited in your life? No, no, no. Come on. Pigs is awesome. We love pigs. We know we love it. Do the powered by thing. I'll wait, do the annoying thing. Wait, you mean you want me to say that we're powered by pigs? Yep. See, quick. Wow. Quick. You I are excited quick because because I am excited. And look, God bless pigs. God bless them. Without them, we wouldn't be here doing this thing that has you so excited. I also want to say God bless JD Campbell, communications director at Indiana University basketball program. Because without him, this wouldn't be possible. I want to thank my parents. I want to thank you. I want to thank everyone for what's about to happen. Well, let's make so, it ha- let's make it happen now. So, Ward, yes. What do we got going on right now? We say they're all special, but this one's extra special. This this person's in the room with us. We are in the room. This is only the third time we've been in the room with someone. <laughs> the other two, AJ Moye, the first one we ever did, and Jared Jeffries. Yep. And now the best one of them all. <laughs> we trust Jared and AJ won't be listening. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have someone who on the all-time IU lists is 8th in block shots, 4th in field goal percentage, 10th in rebounds, 24th in scoring. He is a recipient of National Player of the Week multiple times, Big Ten Player of the Week multiple times, a Big Ten Medal of Honor Award recipient, the best voice in the history of Indiana basketball. <laughs> the Barry White of the, IU. The Barry White of IU. And on a personal note, my favorite Indiana University basketball player of the last decade, and maybe ever, please welcome Jawan Morgan. <laughs> Jawan, how are you? I'm good. How are you? We, uh, the, I, I don't, Ward and I started this podcast. Yeah, I can barely talk. Eric's so giddy right now. I'm it's a 41-year-old man, and I'm giddy about this interview. Ward and I started this podcast because Ward came to me and said, you know what? 
we're constantly arguing and yelling at each other about Indiana basketball. Why not put it on a podcast? <laughs> so we went to his garage about six months ago and started yelling at each other. Probably after Devonte made a weird pass or something, but that's okay. Well, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we thought, well, this is fun. And then it just turned into something more. Never did I think we would be sitting with you in Los Angeles talking directly to you about your Indiana University career. This is a thrill for us. Thank you for doing this. Why don't you start off by telling us why you are in Los Angeles right now? Um, I'm just out here, you know, trying to prepare myself for uh, what's to come ahead, you know, the next level. Um, I didn't receive an invite to the, the combines that were take, held in uh, Chicago, but, you know, I've never let, you know, the accolades or anything like that get me down. So as soon as I didn't find out, um, I just wanted to be able to get the best help as possible and um, the – ones in my circle thought felt like being out in uh, Los Angeles working with uh, Alex Basil from he's a St. Louis guy too. Nice. Yeah, so St. Louis rep. Like <laughs> just, it. just working out with him, they felt uh, I would be best getting prepared with him, and so I'm out here working out with him at the uh, Mamba facility. What's a day like at the Mamba facility? Yes. Um, well, in the morning, uh, you know, you go there. Uh, there's a lot of they have a lot of just you know they have a recovery room, they have the weight room, they have the courts, they have sand pit. Um, they have, and then they also have like where you can get like breakfast, like not really like breakfast, you know, just sit down, but you know, you can get a bagel or you can get like a pre-workout or uh smoothies, things like that. And I'm not really like huge on big breakfasts because it'll mess up my whole day mm -hmm. uh, if my stomach's too full. So I'll usually just opt for like a banana or an apple and then uh, keep it pushing. And then once I warm up or do whatever, uh, yesterday, uh, we, I had two on-court workouts, so I didn't lift yesterday. Um, and the first workout consisted of doing a lot of uh, drill work, just footwork uh, off uh, pick and rolls, pick and pops, um, off coming off the block a little bit, things like that. And the second, second workout consisted mainly of shooting off of those things. So uh, got a lot of shots up in the second workout. And then today, um, I went a little bit later in the day, so um, I got uh, went through the same routine with breakfast. Um, and then I don't like eating before workout, so – uh, I didn't really, I didn't eat anything for lunch. And then I lifted today. I did um, uh, lower body and core. Uh, just, and I, I always do core because I feel like that's the, the main thing whenever you're um, on the court or any sports, really. Um, just being able to uh, really just stay tight in that area. And then um, once I was done lifting, uh, I stretched a little bit and just uh, was keeping my body warm uh, as Alex was finishing up with another workout before. And then. We got right into it uh, on the court workout. Today was more so a combination of both. Uh, we did a lot of pick and pop, uh, then, you know, rips off the catch, uh, making a move. And because, you know, guys in the NBA are athletic, you know, there's a lot, there's a footer on every team, just working on different finishes, being able to do different floaters over the guys, um, using the high glass uh, on uh, hooks and things like that. When you say a footer, is that a, like a seven yeah, footer? A seven footer. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Back. Yeah, Ward. You didn't know what a footer was? <laughs> uh, no, I did, of course. You I just, just thought wanted... maybe some listeners would. And I just that was for them. <laughs> How many guys are in the similar position as you at the Mamba workout facility? Um, I imagine there's a lot more guys than I see just because, you know, there's so many courts and uh, a lot of trainers are able to use them. But the guys I've seen, um, I've seen John Contra from IPFW. I saw Tyus Battle. Um, I saw uh, Akoi from Louisville. Uh, and those are just the guys I've seen. Right. But I'm pretty sure there's a lot more where that came from because I only work out uh, for such a, like for like an hour or two, 
And so after that, then I'm, you know, I'm, I'm back, I'm leaving the facility. So there's still probably six, seven hours time where I'm not in there. Have you seen Kobe? No, I've not seen Kobe yet, but I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I do. So developing your routine here, because I'm, I'm sure they tailor it to each individual player. Mm-hmm. Is it based on when you declared for the draft last year, got feedback, came back, and now you're going through this process? Is this different feedback you've gotten from the last couple of years that then you come here to the academy with a very specific agenda of what you want to improve on? Um, I would say it's about the same. There's been a, a few, you know, things I impressed them with, a few things uh, I wasn't, they weren't so impressed with, and just being able to stay consistent in who I am, like, you know, in the post, and uh, just also improving on some things. Like, mainly, they're not going to be expecting me to, you know, run a team or just being able to, you know, break somebody down off the dribble, but being reliable with uh, open threes, and then also being able to pick and pop or pick and roll and make plays out of those positions, being able to hit guys in the corner like Draymond does or being able to hit that floater in the middle of the paint. It's funny. We, when we talked to Jared Jeffries early on, we talked to him about you. And Jared obviously played at Indiana mm-hmm. and then went on and worked in the front office of, of the Denver Nuggets right. and was really involved in player personnel. And he brought up a player that you just mentioned in talking about you, Draymond Green. He was like, Juwan can be that kind of player in the NBA. Do you and you brought him up? Is that mm. somebody who you see as as someone to pattern your game after? Um, a little bit, uh, just because he's a Swiss Army enough. You know, he's a do it all guy on both sides of the floor. But uh, the main guys, when talking about offensive footwork and just being able how they carry themselves, I've always just uh, watched guys like uh, PJ Tucker and Paul, Paul Millsap. Those are the two guys I watch a lot. Millsap is so tough. Yeah, I mean, well, he's so he's, is Tucker. Yeah, they I both mean, are. just tough dudes. Yeah, you just you know what you're gonna get from them each and every night, and they're consistent in their roles. How so, much do you love watching the NBA playoffs right now? Uh, I love it. I feel like this has the, been the best playoffs since LeBron won, came back 3-1. And yeah. there's no doubt in my mind. Who's going to win it? <sighs> if you had to pick. I honestly think whoever wins the Eastern Conference Finals will win it. Wow. Oh. You think so? I think so. Wow. Golden State not good without Durant? Yeah. Uh it's not. It's not even that. I just. I feel they're still a great team. I'm not. You know. I'm not knocking Steph. I wouldn't be surprised if they do win it. But you know, I'm. I'm gonna go out on limb and say whoever wins the Eastern Conference Finals will win it. Uh, how often are you talking to your buddy OG? Uh, it's funny you mentioned that. I just was talking to him today. Uh, we probably talk every day. Like I don't really? think there's a day that goes by where I don't talk to him in TV. Like we're all in a group message, so we all just talk every day. Did you see the picture of him when Kawhi hit the shot? Where you just get the top yeah, of his? Yeah, I, I did his, see that. I you sent, just I saw his him. eyes and nose. <laughs> yeah, I definitely sent it to him as soon as it happened. Because <laughs> uh, uh, when when he went out with his injury, uh, I remember he was texting me. I was like, "Wait, aren't y'all? Uh, who? I think they were playing. Who were they playing before the Seventy Sixers in the first round? Yeah." Uh, was it Orlando? Yeah, it was the Magic. He was texting me, and I was like, wait, aren't y'all playing the Magic right now? And he'd be like, oh, mind your business. And just, <laughs> <laughs> just things like that. Will but, he come it, back? It was the appendectomy, right? right. Yeah, mm-hmm. so so how many more games do they have to win before he's good to go? Um, I think he'll be back. Uh, I think he'll be back this round. Uh, that's just, you know, I'm not a doctor or anything, right. but, the, you know, from what he said, he said probably like six weeks, and I think it's been around like five maybe since then. So I think uh, this round he'll be back. So I want to go back to, because I'm really curious about 
you gra- you finish the season at Indiana, and we'll, we're going to go back through your career a little bit, but okay. you finish the year, you graduate from Indiana. Congratulations, Thank by the you. way. Thank you. We are all uh, IU alum here, so that's uh, that's what bonds us. And we're all best friends, right? I <laughs> that's think right. That's yep. true too. Three oh, best friends. By the way, this, <laughs> this is something we, we often do, and I've been made fun of for it, and I don't care. Your nickname is JMO, right? Yes, sir. Can we call you JMO? Yeah, that's fine. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. I have a, an additional question. I would say on that first podcast, maybe the second one we alluded to, Eric, you said if you were going to have another child. I would name him Juwan. Female or male. Yeah. <laughs> I actually talked to my ex-wife, uh, and, and this conversation probably shows you why she's my ex-wife, um, if we could rename my 11-year-old. His name is Julian. So the first two letters are the same. I wanted to rename him in the Juwan. last in the last two and the last two. That's exactly <laughs> right. So it didn't seem like that big of a departure. But yes, yeah. if I had another kid, I would name him Juwan. Uh, I don't I don't see anything wrong with that. Okay, yeah, just just uh, I just didn't know if you might want to go to JMO instead. Ooh, well maybe I'll just call my son JMO from now on. All right, all right. Anyway, so <laughs> you graduate and now you're focused on a professional career playing basketball. How does the process work to get you to where you are right now working at the Mamba Academy? Are you with an agent right now who, like you said, your people thought that this would be the right place and the right guy. Walk us through how you found people to help you with that. Um, well, it was my dad and my AU coach, Coach Perry. Um, he's been through this before with Willie Cauley-Stein, Trey Young, Michael Porter, uh, Shimmy Ojale, uh, Shake Milton. So he's, he's done this quite a few times. So he just felt like, um, he, you know, he knows a lot of guys in the industry already, you know, just going through the process of picking an agent with them. And so he picked the three best that he thought would match who I was and just uh, be able to uh, blend with me. And we sat down with those. I went back to Missouri probably a week after the final game against Wichita State. And then uh, we sat down over the weekend and we had three meetings, all of which probably like two to three hours each. Like wow. the agents had a lot to say. They knew a <laughs> lot of things and just – um, we made the decision with uh, Edge Sports and Creed, uh, Keith Crater, and just uh, I feel, and also Sam Cipriano, they're like a, a team. Yeah, they're a team, and I just feel like uh, they would do the most for me. They would get the most out of me, um, and also they just they, the experience between them both uh, really helps. And they have a lot of guys who've worked for them before who are now in like front offices now, and so it's just you know. Um, agents can only do so much, you know, I have to do my part on the court, but you know, it helps to have that pool. And do they, do they lay out sort of the different, this is plan a, okay. Mm -hmm. And we, this is like the ideal scenario. And then there's B and there's C. Do they get that detailed? Cause my history with agents is they don't, they don't want to say anything specific and give you any specific expectations, but you have a pretty good idea of how, if all goes to plan, this happens. And if not, then we try this. Mm Uh, yeah, definitely, and I think that's why uh, ultimately why I went with him. He was a uh, he was very realistic with me. You know, he he wasn't in there uh, selling me false dreams, trying to tell me, oh, we could make you a first rounder, things like that. I know I'm not going to be a first rounder. Um, just saying, like, uh, if as long as you the their model or their sell to me was as long as I do my part on the court, everything will take care of itself. They'll take care of uh, all the getting me in front of people, getting my name out there, things like that. And they told me right away. Uh, that the consensus that I wouldn't be drafted. And, like, I, I knew that going into it as well. And just 
Um, is bet. that is that something any of you think? Well, we'll show them, and you could get drafted, or are you already thinking, okay, we're not going to get drafted, so this is the plan. This is how we work our way into the league. Uh, no, I don't. I don't. I think I will. Um, just I feel just getting in front of teams. I feel like just them seeing me against other guys that they're really considering. I think that's where I always perform best, just going against guys, you know, that I already know that those teams want and just seeing me in those situations, just seeing like, oh, this, you know, he could bring something to us. Just um, all the, what I've always believed is I just need a foot in the door um, and then no team will ever be sorry. And the thing I always speak to is that if you look at my four years of high school, four years of college, um, it started out kind of slow, but each year I got better. There was never a year where it was like, oh, what happened to him? He he got worse. But each year has always been, okay, we see where he added this or we see where he added that. He's better at this and things like that. And that's just been that's been my pitch to every team. Have you already started talking to any specific teams? Are uh, you are you in conversations with teams? Uh, well, they don't talk to me specifically. They talk to my agent. Sure. But I've had workouts with the Grizzlies and Timberwolves so far. And how were those? Uh, they were they were good. Um, my Memphis uh, workout was all guards. So I feel on the offensive end, I mean, I wasn't going to do anything crazy. I mean, I was bigger than everybody. I was stronger than everybody. So I went straight to the post. Um, I'm sure teams want to be want to see if I could shoot and like be able to drive a guard and stuff. So I showed that a little bit. But for the most part, it was it was just bully ball. I, I knew what I had to do to make myself look good out there. And that's exactly what I did. And then the Timberwolves one was uh, more so uh, balanced. And I think it was. I think that was my better one, just because you know when you shoot better, you just feel that one was better. Sure. And I, I shot a lot better at the Minnesota one. How how long are these workouts for the teams? Uh, well, if you add in like the combine, well, not the combine, but like basically training, like the shuttle run, the three quarter court sprint, um, vert test, that will take about an hour after you do all that, and then the on court workouts probably an hour twenty. So I have two very important questions. The first one, and this may sound strange because you played at the highest level of college basketball that you can play, Indiana, and marquee primetime games, tournament games. But now this is your life. This mm. is your livelihood. When you went in for those two workouts, were you nervous at all? Uh, no. I don't mm. really get nervous. Uh, I, I would say I get more so anxious. I'm just, I'm just ready to go. I'm never like... Oh, I don't know how this is going to go. I've never been that Cause, way. Because I will tell you, because I'm such a fan of yours, I'm nervous for you. <laughs> yeah, just no, so you know. There were there were butterflies. Yeah, like yeah. you just telling me you worked out for those teams. I'm like, well, who can I call someone there <laughs> to tell them? Like, so, so you don't get nervous. But here is the most important question. In both workouts, did you go T-shirt under the jersey? Of course. Uh, T-shirt's happening no matter what. T-shirt's happening no matter what. Actually. you uh, Have you ever thought of getting a tattoo? Of a t-shirt. Nah, I, it, it wouldn't feel <laughs> right. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sleeves. It wouldn't feel right because I wouldn't feel the t-shirt on my arms. Got it. So, Because I like the the t-shirt, you know, in bed at night, the cloth in, in my armpits, right? Mm -hmm. Is that is that why you do it? Because uh, of the armpits? The cloth just, in the armpits? Yeah, I don't like the flesh on flesh, right? No? I, well, that I don't like that either, especially okay. when I start sweating. And also, yeah. I just don't like the jersey. How it like the embroidery on the numbers and right. stuff rubs on, on my body. So I just, Let me I just keep a t-shirt on. I wore a t-shirt under my jersey, too. But that's because I didn't want anybody seeing what was going on. <laughs> You're in great shape. Like, did you ever think, like, I got to show people the guns? Uh, No, I never did. I always, whenever I flex, it was always about the forearms anyway. So Let, I never... Let's get right into the flex. We got to get into the flex. Because I will tell you, my mom. It's signature. My mom and dad both went to Indiana. Mm -hmm. that's, that is why I went to Indiana. Right. But my mom watches every game. She... 
pulled out, called out your flex. She loved your flex. <clears throat> when did it start? Why did it start? Did you work on different variations of the flex? It's a little Hulk Hogan-esque. Yeah. So give me the history of the flex. Well, I watched a lot of WWE when I was little. So that's where I got all the flexing from. But I didn't really start doing it until I started lifting weights, which was when I got to uh, high school because um, I was I was always like, a string bean. I never really was strong. And then, like, I think once I started lifting and uh, a little bit in high school, I started getting a little bit stronger. And I just felt like that's the most disrespectful thing you can do, just letting somebody else know you're stronger than them and that they can't stop you without telling them that. Yeah. Uh, because I know if somebody was flexing me, I'd be ready to fight. And so just <laughs> – just, I think that's just the most disrespectful thing you can do. You never did it, though, to – as far as I remember, I never saw you do it to any – you never – made eye contact with the guy. You always looked either straight down or to the crowd. Mm. Every once in a while, you went one arm up, right? When yeah, you a got couple, a couple, a couple and ones, a couple times. you a went one times. up. Did, did you ever think of doing the Hogan ear oh, thing to the crowd? No, did you I, ever? Uh, I never thought about that. Um, it's just... Who were your favorite wrestlers growing up? Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock. There you go. Yeah. Those are two good ones. Those, those are two. You were a WWE favorite. guy. No Goldberg? Uh, I like Goldberg. Uh... Yeah, mm. actually, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Goldberg were kind of like neck and neck. But yeah. The Rock is the all-time favorite. Well, he is. The, have you ever met him? Nope. I, w- I would like to, though. Yeah, I definitely he, would like to meet The Rock. He, he is – I was a big wrestling fan also. He is an all-time, all-time great. My mm. personal favorite, though, because I'm older than you, Ric Flair. Okay, yeah. I can Come see on. Ric Flair. The nature boy? I, just, I couldn't beat him in the video game, so I wasn't a Ric Flair fan. Can, can you give me a Ric Flair woo? Oh, uh, I, I, I can't. I can't. You can I do can't, a woo. You I can do, do one woo. I can't do it. I, uh, too deep. Your voice is too yeah, deep. Vo- it got way too deep. I, the woos, I can't even do it anymore. When when did, let's get into the voice a little bit. So you you weren't born with this voice. Oh, no. When, I mean, you have a rich, deep, Barry White voice. When <laughs> did that happen for you? Uh, when I was 11. Really? <laughs> 11? Yeah, because I was. My at- son's 11. <laughs> Uh, I, uh, my parents like they took me to the doctor because they thought uh, something was wrong. They thought I was sick or something, and yeah, it was it was probably a six month ordeal just trying to figure out what was wrong because like you know nobody a live year old is not supposed to sound like that. And and you hadn't like physically grown significantly. No, I was, just I was one already, day. Yeah, it was just. Was it one day you were talking like I talk, and then the next day uh, you had very like, white? It was like scratchy at first, and so like my mom naturally uh, gave me some herbal tea and like thought that would do the trick, and then like the, like a couple days later, I sounded like this, and ever since then it's just uh, like I'd be at the gym, and then uh, I'd be on the court talking, and somebody like. Uh, on post and they'd be like uh, how old are you kid and I was like I'm 11 <laughs> and then they would just look at me and like their voices would be kind of high and shrill yeah. <laughs> and like they'd be like 24 25 year olds and like in the military and like so they kind of felt like like I don't, I don't even know the word for it. They just felt upstage. By yes. I was just like, they were embarrassed. That's yeah, why. They like, thought yeah, you were more of a man than they yeah, were. Just, and I they were right. Well, and I know usually players will get a, a season or two in the pros under their belt before they cut an album but i mean i'd imagine you're in la now you're probably meeting with some record labels as we speak do you sing at all uh i did when i was little my mom had me in the church choir but i i it's not my it's not my thing all right. i'm more of a just you know when you drive and singing type of guy but i won't i don't do it anywhere else so let's go back to your childhood the origin story let's go of back Juwan yeah. Morgan. you're a superhero and we want to know how it all came to be so where were you born uh lawn germany 
and and because your father was in the military, both parents are in the military. Both parents, yeah. Sprechen Sie Deutsch? Uh, no, not not really. <laughs> <laughs> how long were you in Germany? Uh, two years. And then did you move to the states after that? Yes, I moved to Texas after that. I was in Fort Hood and then Colleen. and then um, then I went to Korea, and I was in Korea for another two years. At what age was Korea? Uh. Like preschool to first grade. It's a good thing you got out of Korea before the eleven-year-old voice change happened. <laughs> I mean, you—they would have thought you were some kind of monster. <laughs> You're tall so, and the voice. So, so like vague memories of Korea. Is this? Oh where no, some... I remember Korea. Vague memories of Germany, but I remember Korea pretty well. Did you like it? Yeah, I loved it. The, uh, you don't really know any like really true like Korean food until you've been there. Like really? it's, it's awesome. Like I, there's nothing like it. And so you were constantly moving because your parents were in the military. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you? Did did you ever did you ever re, um, resent it and wanted to just stay in one place, or did you enjoy the movement? Uh, I enjoyed it. I think it made me a great communicator, just able to make friends and talk to anybody, and then also just being able to read people because every, everybody doesn't have your best intentions. So being able to meet people in a short span of time, you can see if they're like you know if they're fake or if they're real. So, oh, uh, that's it, interesting. You, know, you pick up a lot of things, like especially while you're young, you can see a lot of those things early. What did you think of Eric when he walked in? Uh, <laughs> I, th- I thought he was a real true Hoosier. That's, that's yes, <laughs> there we go. Um, so, where and when did you find the game of basketball? Um, when I was 13 years old, no, 12 years old, and um, I was really it was my my best friend in Missouri who I met uh, in church. Uh, his dad was a coach, and uh, this is when I I was kind of a little bit taller than all the you know the regular twelve year olds, and he was just like, "Hey, do you want to come play?" And then you know we we our uh, little pee wee team went undefeated that year, and then um, we started playing a grade up. Well, he was two grades up, and I was one grade up, and then we uh, kind of traveled a little bit around Missouri, uh, just playing basketball, and you know I just and then I just kind of fell in love with it because I was I was a football kid at first. Um, just because I, I loved hitting people. Um, <laughs> I didn't like getting hit, but I loved hitting people. It's, it was, it's a weird dynamic. There's a difference. So There's a difference. So you wanted to play defense. Yeah, definitely. And then um, uh, my oldest brother got into a car crash uh, when I was 11. And then uh, he's okay now. Okay, but good. then like, they weren't sure if he was going to be able to like compete uh, very highly competitive uh, in sports again. And so uh, I started playing basketball because, like, he, he always talked about basketball. That's what he wanted to do. And so I started uh, playing basketball for him. And then after a little bit, like, I started hitting the crazy growth spurt. And then I, I realized that football, you know, there's not too many six eight guys walking around in football. So right. I was like, you know, might as well stick to basketball and put all my time into that. How strict were your parents? We, we like to, th- we, you know, I think everybody has an image of military <laughs> parents, really strict. What were your parents like? Uh, they were really strict. They weren't to the point, you know, where it's like, you know, you're on a set schedule and you can't do anything. But if they tell you something once, that better be the only time they tell you. Yes. Ooh, yeah. ooh, man. Did Can you- they talk to my daughter? <laughs> <laughs> and how was it for you? Lived in Germany, lived in Korea, Missouri... And I'm from St. Louis, so I can talk a little bit about this. I mean, there is nothing more different than Korea and Germany than <laughs> Missouri, and especially the part of Missouri you were in. Mm. That's not St. Louis or Kansas City. Yeah, it's you were in country. You were in Missouri. Yeah. Right? So what was we're that? We're talking about Waynesville here, right? Mm-hmm. What's yeah. the yeah. population there? Oh, uh, probably 4,000. But it's, yeah. Waynesville is like 
three cities or like three towns put together and it's all like 5,000. So it's Waynesville, St. Robert and Fort Leonard Wood okay. all together. Okay. And was that weird for you at all that, I mean, that's a, a fairly, you know, it's all the same kind of people. There's not a lot of diversity. What was that like for you growing uh, up there? Uh, it was weird at first, but then we moved on base and like with the military, people were moving in every every single year. So, you know, I was beginning to meet a lot of people from a lot of different places and just, you know, picking up things that they had experienced as well. So uh, you you get a lot of uh, uh, diverse, uh, different variety. Yeah, sure. <laughs> different variety, just going to school there and being able to meet different people. And it's just you you learn how to make friends fast. Did your parents embrace when basketball started becoming something where you had to travel? Did your parents embrace that? Or was it something where, because that, you know, high end AAU basketball requires a lot of the parents mm -hmm. and your parents were in the military. So they had responsibilities. How was it that you were able to travel around and do all that? Uh, the best friend that I met early on in Missouri, uh, his dad took us uh, pretty much and Wherever my friend's practice was, he would take him there, and then he would take me to mine. Wow. And this is around the time when I started making – or where I met Coach Perry and uh, Matt Suther in the MoCAM program. And so whenever I got there, they made sure I was uh, where I needed to go. And then uh, towards the end, my parents had were getting ready to retire, so they started traveling and making those trips a lot more. But at the beginning, uh, it was my, friend, my best friend and his dad. When did uh, you start crossing paths with OG? Um, that was the first time I crossed paths with OG was seventh grade, because uh, he was in Jeff City. Uh, he went to a middle school called Thomas Jefferson, and so we played each other in a ch tournament championship, and we we beat them badly. I think we beat them, <laughs> we beat them by at least forty points every time. Until, Did he guard you? Uh, no, I was a lot bigger than he was. Got it. <laughs> but uh, we beat them by a lot almost every time until we both were juniors, I think, and. Well, my freshman year, I don't really count because we were both on JV. And the JV, we killed them. But on varsity, uh, their varsity team beat ours. Mm. Uh, and then sophomore year, they were up. Or no, sophomore year, we didn't play them. But then junior year, they were up eight points with 30 seconds left. And we beat them. Nice. And I still tell him that. And he hates it because his team <laughs> just started jacking threes, even though they were up 30. And in Missouri, there's no shot clock. So mm. I don't know why they just didn't try to hold it. But they just started jacking threes, and then we came back and beat them. And then senior year, they beat us in the district championship. So we we played each other a lot. And when did you become friends? Were you friends before Indiana? Oh, yeah. We were friends probably sophomore year. Um, that's when we started playing AAU, like, right. like getting into like the shoe company AAU. On the same team? No, he no. was with uh, St. Louis Eagles, and I was okay. with Mocan, and they kind of hate each other because it was Kansas City, Missouri, and then St. Louis. And like the were... Eagles were the big team when I was a kid too in AAU. They yeah. were really good for a long time. Yeah, they decades. They, it they sounds had Brad like Brad Bill and uh, Ben yeah. McLemore. Oh, yeah. yeah, they they were good. So when did you know OG had something extra? Um, when he put or first I knew he did when we were uh, in the gym shooting one time and he just went and casually did uh 360 between the legs dunk. <laughs> like after a probably an hour and a half workout it was it was so easy and then this I'll, is in high school or this in, is in it, high school wow he's yeah. just an athletic freak right yeah. he he is and then also when we got to campus like he said he hated lifting he didn't lift a lot and then wait 185 bench press test he did like eight first time i did one and i was happy with that but he did like <laughs> eight or nine and then when we were squatting, 
uh, Max Bielfeld was on the team at the time, and everybody knew him for his calves. And you mean yeah, calves? So yeah. calves, so and thick. He probably did. I think he maxed out like with the highest weight, and OG like got under it and like just did it easy. Like oh. didn't face didn't change or anything. Just got under it, squatted, and was done. Doesn't that just upset you? I mean, it's just God given. Yeah, it's, he was just blessed with it, and it was it was crazy. Now the choice he had to make though were the short shorts. When did those come in? I think he's always done that. Yeah. As long as I can remember, he's always had short shorts. When you got legs like that, you, you want to show them off, off, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what is OG like behind the scenes? Because, you know, we know him as the one-word answer in the press conference, which I always found entertaining. I thought that mm-hmm. was really funny. But what's he like behind the scenes? He's almost pretty much the same. Really? Yeah. It's I just like messing with him about it because I always call him a weirdo. I'm like, everybody <laughs> thinks you're a weirdo, and so what everybody else thinks, it's, it just is. It's like, you can't change it. It's like the narrative is out on you. And That's great. It's like we we just always joke at joke at him about that. I feel there's like this twinkle in his eyes. Like like ultimately, he's a, a, a playful spirit. Yeah, he right? is. Right? Like I don't think I've ever seen him really angry or upset. Just you know, he's just carefree. He just he goes about his day. He thinks he sees the positives and just keeps it pushing. So it is rare. We we always hear one. When guys are friends or they're from the same area, oh, the same a college is recruiting them, and we always hear how rare it is for two guys who actually say, "Oh yeah, we may play together in college." So it's a package deal. Mm. It rarely, if ever, happens. Indiana did not recruit a lot of guys from Missouri. We talked about it before we went on there. Indiana, I can't remember the last St. Louis kid that Indiana got mm. or Kansas City, and it's not that far away—four hour drive from St. Louis. Right. But here, you and OG are playing basketball, high-level basketball, similar positions Mm -hmm. in Missouri, and here comes Tom Crean and Indiana University recruiting you. What was the first time that you heard from Indiana University? What was your impression before that happened? What was your impression Mm -hmm. of Indiana? And how did that recruitment start? Uh, The first time I heard from Coach Crean was like the session right before the Peach Jam. Uh, going into my senior year. Yeah, going into my mm-hmm. senior year. And then I knew a lot about the Hoosiers just because the best friend I mentioned is that they're from Marion, Indiana. Oh, nice. So, like, whenever we were watching college basketball, I always heard the old Depot chant uh, eat to church on uh, whenever we had, like, uh, team day or, like, college day or whatever. He always had his candy stripe pants on. And, I, I, I mean, I didn't know the significance of them then, but – uh, so I've been around it a lot. Good. And so do you remember the first time you met Coach Crean? Uh, the first time I met Coach Crean, uh, I went on an unofficial visit um, in June of my, like the June going into my senior year. Right. And I'm just going to ask this. I mean, how long did it take you to know Coach Crean was a little off? Uh, it took me until I saw the practice. Really? Yeah, because, like, he was just, like, you know, he'd be able to just scream and, like, rip somebody and then, you know, just be right back to coaching them. And I was just, like, any normal person would be mad at <laughs> something and, like, just stay mad for a little bit just so everybody gets the feeling that they're mad. Yeah. But he would be mad, be happy, go to something else and, like, just... Yeah, just like All a ping pong ball. Yeah. And you saw this on the not on the unofficial visit, but like your first practice as a player. Oh, uh, I know. I saw that on the uh, on the official visit. Oh, okay. Uh, when I saw that, and it was just, it was crazy. And like, 
I, I don't even know how to explain it. It was just like all the guys like seemed to be disorganized but organized at the same time. And it's like it chaos, weird. right? Yeah. Organized it's chaos. Controlled exactly. chaos. So what was it about Indiana? Who else were you rec- being recruited by heavily? And what? why did you end up choosing Indiana? And thank the good Lord that you did. But why? <laughs> uh, the, the people who hardest uh, recruited me were Indiana, Creighton, Vanderbilt, and Washington. And um, I don't know. I just feel like they had the... They had the perfect blend of academics and athletic, athletics, and I just think, you know, Coach Green's track record spoke for itself. You know, he not saying I'm like some Vic Odebo, but he took guys who weren't highly touted or who were, you know, just just sniffing the outside, just and turned them into pros. And that's just that's all I want. I just wanted an opportunity, and then also just the way his offense is. He he wants the best basketball players on the court. You know, he didn't believe in, I, just, I need a point guard, I need a center, I need all this. He just wanted the best players out there. And so, and so that leads me to think, you know, in, in high school, as you're going to pick a college, that you're already thinking professionally at that point. At, at what Was that sort of like junior, senior year of high school where you're like, you know what, I could probably get an education <laughs> out of this and maybe some cash too. Is that is that when it starts to enter into the equation? Yeah, my senior year is when it really did. Just because at first, you know, not a lot of schools did. Uh, my local schools did, uh, Missouri State, and then a couple other school, uh, low major schools. And then, like, it started to pick up. And then um, I, I remember I, one time when Kansas started showing interest in me as well, and uh, when I heard from Coach uh, Norman, and I was just like, wow, you know, I, I can really do this. And then... Uh, my dad and my AU coach like sat me down and like, uh, what do you want to do? Like, you know, you can make this happen. You can really make a life for yourself and for your future. And I told him I was serious about it. And then that's when we, I really started to get into it because I mean, I, I did extra work, you know, I shot a little bit, but that was just to be a good high school player and just to, you know, make something happen. Like, so go to a good college and get an education. But then they started telling me that, um, you know, I can make something for after college. And then that's when it really just, Everything just clicked, and I was like, this is what I want to do. I'm going to make it happen. So you get to Indiana, the greatest place in the history of the world. <laughs> Where'd you live freshman year? Uh, Briscoe Dorms, right across the street. From- Disco Briscoe. Yep. Disco Briscoe. Uh, I've heard I've heard uh, some people say that before. Yeah. I, I, it wasn't Disco Briscoe with us, but I, I remember. <laughs> I don't know if it ever was. It was just always what <laughs> just we rhymed. called it. It just rhymed. We were, yeah, we were next door in McNutt. I was. You were Foster. Foster. Okay, yeah, yeah all, Foster. all right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, as close to Assembly Hall as possible. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> exactly what we all right. wanted. And who was your roommate freshman year? Uh, his name was Austin, uh, because we had odd number: me, OG, and uh, Thomas. Yep, Thomas and OG were together, and then I was uh, up a couple floors. Did you have a relationship with Thomas before you got to Indiana? Um, not until the. I mean, we beat Team Scan every time we played them, and <laughs> yeah. Thomas was on. Uh, team scan uh but other than that well psa cardinals now but other than that i had met him up until we met each other at the derby and then like it's it was weird like as soon as we sat down at the table like because they had like name tags for us and like you saw the louisville uh name tags mm-hmm. which had like five guys it was like donovan ray and all those guys and then it was like the indiana guys right next to him so it's yeah. like us three and like as soon as we sat down it was like it was like we had been friends for years. Really? Now you were like, "Hey guys, can we be like text text chaining <laughs> seven years from now and all be best friends?" So, the interesting thing for me about you, OG, a little bit, but Thomas, especially on the court, 
I can't think of two people more opposite with on-court demeanor than you and Thomas. Thomas is overly emotional. I would say OG's more opposite than Thomas, and Juwan's somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I would say I'm the happy media, because OG, you... That's right, OG OG has a stone face. He doesn't even talk on the court. I mean, you know, he'll say I'm here on defense, a screen, something like switch, but... That's about it. And then Thomas, you, you know how Thomas is. Yes. And then, you know, I'm a little bit of both. I mean, did you, because you were friends, I know as a fan, we all thought that somehow Thomas's overly emotional style was would affect him negatively at times. Did anybody have to take him aside and be like, you gotta, did the coaching staff try to work with him to just try to rein it in a little bit? Oh, uh, we, we told him all the time. Uh, we had a just us three just uh, talking in our dorms. We talked about it like how he he has to play with emotion, but not play emotional because that will, you know, that will negatively affect what you're doing. Like especially if like you don't get a foul or something, and then you like you just like upset you don't get the call, and then next thing you know you know that affects the next play and the next play. But if you play with emotion, I think that's I think those two are are like a lot on the different sides of the spectrum. So you guys come in and you've. You've played at a high level in AAU for, mm-hmm. what, a couple of summers at this yeah. point. So when you show up in Bloomington with your couple of freshman buddies, it, you know, turns out they're pretty good, too. <laughs> um, is there any level of, of, of intimidation, of feeling like for a day or a play, like, maybe I don't belong here? Or are you just like, yep, this is what I was born to do? Well, when I first got there... I couldn't be told anything. I told Yogi within the first week that he couldn't guard me. So that's <laughs> that's just who I was. Uh, and I think he respected that. Uh, he knew it wasn't. I mean, he probably knows it wasn't true. But I would never let him think that. I would never give him the satisfaction to this day of letting him know that I couldn't guard him back then. And uh, I think towards the end of the season, I kind of was like, like, what's my role here? I didn't – well, like in the middle of the season when I didn't play a couple games here, yeah. a few minutes here, there. Uh, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do or if it was for me. Um, but is that when you thought about transferring? Yeah, that's about well, that's about the time when it like popped into my head, and I was just like, you know, maybe it's not for me. But my mom always said like, stick it out. Like the thing is, the coaches know that you're not healthy. Like they don't want to take that risk, and so that's what I. So really... let's talk about that because injuries, not just for the story of Indiana's team last year, mm-hmm. but for your career, injuries played a major part in your story. Yeah. I remember, I mean, your injuries seemed so much more brutal than anyone else's injuries <laughs> I can remember. They did. They just seemed like they took the life out of you. Your shoulder obviously happened big time your freshman year, but when did it first, when did you first hurt your shoulder your freshman year? Uh, I hurt my shoulder junior year of high school. Really? And, and, and never got it fixed? I never got it fixed because, I mean, in high school I was, like, strong and, like, there was nobody that I could really just knock it out of place all, you know, brute force or anything like so, that. So it, that was the first time it fully came out of socket? It, it fully came out uh, junior year of high school. And I played junior year, senior year, and then, like, I didn't even have the brace at first oh, at Indiana. They knew, like, it came out. And then, like, uh, I would just be playing. And, like, we were doing, like, practice in open gym. And the first – first bad time where like it didn't go back in immediately because usually it comes out and i would like shift it around and go back in uh mac me and max got tangled up with a ball and like whenever that happened i like i've been through it enough i just like i just turned it the dead way i like don't try to grab the ball or anything i just let the person have it and like he he yanked and like it came out and i was like just trying to shift it around and it wasn't going back in and then like and when was this how early in the season uh Within the first week of practices. Wow. Okay. Uh, and like it wasn't going back in, and so then Timmy G uh, had a look at it, 
and then they told me I was gonna have to wear the brace, and that's where the t-shirt came in uh, mm. officially. Because at first, you know, I switched it up. I'd wear a t-shirt sometimes, a tank sometimes. Tank top. I remember the tank top. Yeah, I switched it up a little bit, and then I was like, yeah, the t-shirt's just it's just me now because like <laughs> it's almost like I f- still feel the brace like up under me, and right. like, it was Velcro, so it would, like get caught in my armpit or like sometimes just scratch at my side. So I wore. I actually wore two t-shirts <laughs> my freshman year. I wore one under the brace, so it didn't scratch right, right. there, and then over the brace, so That's it didn't. Good. It gives you extra bulk, exactly. too. Exactly. You can intimidate so. people. <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely wore two t-shirts then, and after I got the surgery, I was just like, I tried to practice without the shirt on. I was just like, it doesn't even feel right. But the surgery <laughs> doesn't happen until after your freshman year. Right, after year. freshman year. So, because at this point, they've determined, well, it's come out so many times, the muscles, the ligaments, it's just a little too loose there now, mm-hmm. and we need to tighten those back up. Exactly. And you talked about, so middle of your freshman year, by the way, the team is stacked. The yeah. team is playing extremely well. Mm. On their way to a Big Ten championship your freshman year. On your way to a Sweet 16 appearance your freshman year. With three and, future NBA players and, alongside yourself. So four. Right. Four. That's, yeah. 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 And then and then you you kind of have a coming out party a little bit against Nebraska. Yeah, I, I remember that game. You Do you remember <laughs> your stat line from that game? Uh, I, I want to say I don't, but I do. Do you? Go ahead and <laughs> yeah, tell us. It what was, is it? I remember 12 points. Uh, I think three or five. I hit a three, uh, five rebounds, uh, and maybe one block, I think. Yep, exactly. In I a, like that you remember it, by the way. <laughs> in 11. None of, this, none of this BS where people don't remember. In 11 minutes. In 11 minutes. You only played oh, 11, I, didn't, I didn't know that. You only played 11 minutes in that game. If and you, you had a full me, I game thought I was in 30 time. minutes. I was so tired. In fact, <laughs> you didn't play more than 18 minutes in any game in your freshman year. Yeah, now that was Wisconsin. I remember the most I played was Wisconsin. So I remember you getting hurt in the Kentucky game. Mm-hmm. So let's, I want to go through this. Your freshman year, you're from Missouri. You knew of Indiana. Right. But you're not fully indoctrinated into what it means to be a Hoosier until you're there and playing in front of 17,000. Hoosier hysteria. Is that yeah. your first time to really get a taste of what Assembly Hall is like with a raucous crowd? Yeah, it was. And I didn't, I didn't really get it until I was actually a part of it. Like, cause uh, the first time I went, like we people knew us a little bit, but like they, you know, we weren't Thomas, you know. Right. It just is. It's and reality. you're two kids from Missouri. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it just is what it is. And then. Like, and it's Yogi's I, team at that point right, too, right? And then once, once I and I think that was James freshman year yes. when I was watching. So it was JVJ. Uh, but after once I was a part of it, it was it was a completely different story. So you get there, you win a Big Ten championship your freshman year, you make the tournament, you win your first round game, and now you play Kentucky. The first time we've played Kentucky since they beat us in the tournament, I believe, the year uh, with Cody, the year that we beat them in the in the regular season and then lost to them in the Sweet 16 in the tournament. The year of the watch. Yeah. So mm-hmm. this is the first time we've played them since then. Right. And... Everybody knew that they were going to put Indiana and Kentucky together. If they yeah, could. even Coach Green was saying it before it even happened. Everybody knew what was going on. So what I remember, whenever I see Kentucky on the schedule or a chance, I mean, it just it makes my blood boil because I hate them with a passion. <laughs> At this point in your career, do you hate Kentucky? Uh, I didn't. I hated them, but not for the same reason. I hate them. Why because did you hate them? Everybody from in Waynesville, I don't know how it happened, was a Kentucky fan, Ugh. and then. Like, I knew I Waynesville would, sucked. On college day, I would always do the most. I I wore like a Kansas shirt 
Mizzou shorts because that that rivalry, and of then course. I wore one Indiana sock and one Kentucky sock. I almost got expelled from school. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it, was it was it was quite a sight to see, but. I so know what the, I was doing. The run-up to that game, then the second-round game, where there's not a lot of hype. It's not like a second-weekend game mm-hmm. where you have the whole week to prepare. But everybody saw it on the schedule. This is what's going to happen in the second round. Yeah. What was that? I mean, you're again, you're a freshman. So mm-hmm. what was that like, Those that first round and then leading into the second-round game with Kentucky? Uh, for me, it was, it was just a normal game. Uh, I, I never liked, you know, playing the jersey. It was like, I was like, I've... You know, these guys are just like me. It's like I feel, you know, we're we're the better team, and we're going to get it done, and that's what we did. You did beat them, and it was so good. I did break <laughs> my hand that game. I did. Oh, that was the sofa when you yeah. punched the sofa? Do you remember you guys have got – well, first of all, you get hurt in that game, mm-hmm. right? Really? Yeah, on the rebound. Right, and then you're taken to the back. So I'm not sure if you – I don't think you were on the court when mm-hmm. this play happened. But we have the game in hand, and Thomas Bryant gets a rebound and decides that he's Yogi Ferrell. Uh, is that when Eula stole it from him? It's when he charged. He went coast to coast and just ran over. I don't even remember who it was from Kentucky. Offensive foul. The game was over. All we mm-hmm. had to do was salt it away. Mm-hmm. And somehow Thomas decided he was just going to dribble coast to coast and ran over a guy. Yeah. I don't think I was. I don't think I was on the court for that one. Yeah, I don't think so. It was near <laughs> the end of the game, it was like a minute and a half left. Mm-hmm. I punched my couch and I missed all the cushion and hit the frame of the couch and <laughs> broke my hand hairline fracture in my hand <laughs> by the way my uh at that time i don't know seven-year-old son he did not like that 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 was not a good look for daddy on that day so so, uh, so you have a history with hating kentucky which we can all appreciate purdue however is that something where you can really build uh, a hatred a rivalry just on hearsay from the other people in the locker room or is it something you have to get in there and battle with them a couple times have those obnoxious horrible fans in West Lafayette yelling at you yeah. before you start to feel it for yourself yeah it's definitely something you have to feel like cuz and i remember like the week leading up to him coach Green was like the older guys know what this means you know we can't loosen them in my head i was like I was like, I don't care. It's, it's another, it's another team. It's like whatever. We'll play them. It's like in my then I was thinking we'll play them. We'll beat them, and we'll keep it moving. And then like <laughs> uh, we're playing, and then uh, those that year wasn't as bad. But my sophomore year, like when we went there, it just seems like they just turned into like people that just didn't care about like humanity if, yeah if you like they didn't have any morals out there like if you if you got hurt it was like it was our fault i was just like and like even like i feel like the whole stadium like the whole arena was like that like the cameramen were like right there and like when you like were trying to save a ball or anything they just all their feet were out it was like like can you just have common courtesy to move your feet no so they I can't don't. because just, they're animals it was, they're pigs of humans the whole town smells of manure did you notice that <laughs> And it was like at that point I was just like, all right, maybe you know, like maybe it is that bad. And then it was, yeah, it's like I know some. I'm like I'm cool with some of the guys on the team, but like once we play them, it's just like I don't know who you are anymore. It's just like like yes. I have to go at you. It's like I was like yeah, I'm not helping you up. It's like if if you know if it's something crazy like if you're in the air or something, you like I'll you know I'll stick my hand. I won't look at you, but I'll help you up. <laughs> but you know if you just get if you fall on a hard foul, like it's that's your fault. Get up and like just keep you know keep going. Is is there any other school or team that raises your ire as much after four years at IU? Kansas. 
but that's that's a personal reason. That's just because with my recruitment, uh, when when uh I don't know I don't even know how Kansas became my like my favorite team watching growing up, but it, I remember when they first called me, um, and all all my coaches knew, my dad knew it. They all knew that if Kansas offered, that I was going there, hmm. and like they handled it like kind of kind of weirdly. And uh, they were like, oh, well, we want to just see this. We want to just see that. And, like, they had a lot of stipulations. And I was just like, you know what? Like, y'all can keep the offer even if you're going to get it. I was like, I don't want it. Um, and then uh, just stayed with the schools I was in because I was waiting to make my officials list until to see if they get gave me an offer or not. And I was waiting to, like, the very last minute. And then I was just like, you know what? Uh, these teams are showing that they want me, like, now. So I'll, just, I'll go with them. And then um, – you know, I went to once I got to Indiana, it was good. And then when I saw we were playing the first game, yes, sophomore so let, year. Yes. So let's just set the stage here. Yeah. So let let's finish freshman year. You get injured again in Kentucky. It's the shoulder. Mm-hmm. You come back for the North Carolina game. Get hurt again. Yeah, but I didn't come out that time. I just kind of right. passed the ball off and went to the corner and tried to fix it myself. And then you have to have surgery. Right. So you basically lose the off season as far as a normal conditioning, strength building off season, and yeah. it's all about rehabbing your shoulder. Right. And then you get to and and by the way, huge expectations for this year too mm-hmm. because you won the Big Ten the year before, went to the Sweet Sixteen after we had some downtime before that, and it felt like oh my God, we're back. OG started to come into his own at the end of freshman year. Mm-hmm. You were there coming into your own. Thomas came back for his sophomore year. Right. Blackman, Robert Johnson. It's like, this is it. Right. And then we play Kansas, perennial top five team in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And you hate Kansas. So how much are you focused on that game, that whole offseason? Uh, I was focused a lot. Just I, I just wanted to beat them so bad. And uh, – it was it's weird because my high school coach and coach self they're like good friends like they've known each other for a while and uh when we got there we're warming up and like he like comes over and he he's like speaking he's like yeah just just tell coach Bills uh um I said uh I asked I, I asked about him I hope you're doing well can't wait to play you guys and I was just like like staring right through him yes and I, and I, I just nodded I was like and I got just kept I just kept uh, warming up and then after the game he was just like yeah you played you played a great game we made a mistake and like. I wanted just so bad just to, uh, you, you know. damn just, right you did. <laughs> I just wanted to say, I wanted to say a lot of things, but I just kept, I was like, thank you, coach, and just kept kept going. Do you remember your stat line from that game? Uh, I know I missed a lot of layups, but I had, uh, I don't like to say it, but I had six points, ten rebounds, yes, and like four assists. <laughs> you're my favorite player of all time. You remember the good <laughs> stuff. You should remember this stuff. How many times have I said this? If I played college basketball on an elite level, and I had big games, I'd be wearing the stats on a T-shirt. <laughs> you should remember it. All right, so, and this is your first game coming back from a shoulder mm-hmm. injury, which was pretty serious. Were you full strength your sophomore year? Uh, not at that point, I wasn't. Uh, I had, that game was November, like, 11th, I think, and I had been cleared, like, a week before Halloween. So I had, like, wow. two, two or three weeks. I remember only had, like, two and a half weeks of, live practices before we played and you played 26 minutes in that game your career high against kansas in hawaii nationally televised game and we beat them a top five team so i and i'm just wondering in the rehab process it's always a a curiosity to me you're dealing with a muscular ligament tendon Mm. thing 
at what point can you really start going at least on the cardio, the aerobic? Like, is that introduced um, pretty pretty early? No, because you don't realize how much you need your shoulders and like how much like when you're just running, how much is like bouncing yeah. until you don't have it. Mm. And I wasn't. I had the surgery in April. I wasn't able to start really running uh, until July. Wow. So, so you're just sitting there like a turd. Like I'm, I'm doing, I'm walking on treadmill, underwater treadmill, um, and that that's about it. And getting treatments on the shoulder Exactly. Itself. And like so, working on flexibility and stuff. Uh, I want to I go through sophomore year a little bit because it's a weird year. Mm-hmm. Start off like fire, beat Kansas. Curtis Jones is there, played yeah. great in that Kansas game. Um, North Carolina, sure. Well, but before North Carolina, because yes, exactly, because that is what was so weird about this year. (laughs) You beat Kansas in Hawaii. You play IPFW and lose just a bad game, Mm -hmm. truthfully. Yeah. Then you beat North Carolina. It seems like the teams got the talent to do it. OG gets hurt, Mm -hmm. goes out for the year. What? And and I I want your perspective on this because from fans' perspective. It's really interesting. The year before your freshman year, the hot seat for Coach Crean started pr- mm-hmm. pretty hot. Mm-hmm. The, it didn't feel like the program was as consistent as it should be. But then your freshman year, you guys bought him a reprieve. Right. And everybody said, well, we won the Big Ten and we went to a Sweet 16. But the truth was nobody felt like the future. Nobody felt great about mm-hmm. it. And then this year starts... And we beat Kansas. It's like, this is great. We're back. We lose to IPFW. Not good at all. What's right. going on? Beat North Carolina. And then the wheels come off a little bit. Yeah. Are you, as a player, at all aware of the buzz around Coach Crean's job security? Is that a thing that you're concerned about at this point in your career? Uh, I mean, people like to say just ignore all the noise, but that it's impossible. We're humans. You know, we... We hear it all. We we talk about. It. We know what's going on. And now, but, are, are any players like on the Peegs message boards? Are you guys oh, that no, into it? Oh no, we're not that into it. <laughs> yeah, okay. We we don't look at the, all that stuff. But like you know, just as far as uh, you know, just comments we see on just on the own Indiana men's basketball page. Just yeah. uh, you know, it's the things you see are crazy, and just we all knew what was going on, and we like honestly, it's hard to put into words what happened like it's just something you would have had to be a part of just been in the locker room and just been with us throughout that it's it's so hard to explain like I couldn't even explain it to my parents did coach change at all when the pressure mounted did you feel the pressure affect him um towards the end uh we we definitely felt uh the pressure just you could just tell and how how he was he was a lot more just just calm almost just like it was almost like he just like everybody knew what was happening it's just like the inevitable that's I, like that's how i'd explain it it was just inevitable everybody knew what was going to happen well, after so many years of being in such a pressure cooker you say it that way and i'm like oh i get that he's starting to get relieved yeah he's starting it's to go away yeah but i do have to know because we've asked this of several people who played for coach cream not having a schedule Talk to us about it. Uh, Did you know that going into your freshman year that that was the case? Uh, I knew it, but I thought it was like guys were like, "Oh, like he he scheduled like a mandatory meeting, like you know, late." I was just like, "Oh, that's like that's no big deal." Like there's you know, changes like that all the time. But when I got there and like it'd be, I'd be in my eight a.m. class and then like getting out around nine fifteen and then get a text that practice was at three fifteen. 
like I was not prepared for that. And then from the military family, it's just yeah, like everything is set. Like what time it's at, it's either you're there or you miss out. And so it was it was hard for me. Definitely. I think it was hard for everyone. I oh. mean, everyone we've talked to has said that that was truthfully insanity. Yeah, it, it definitely was. And he always liked to say he was just preparing us for the real world just to, you know, you never know what's going to be thrown at you. I was like, I get that. But at the same time, like, they still have a schedule. Yeah, I don't <laughs> get that. Like, I have meetings like, all the time. Yeah, it's like you have, you have like, work. If you have a 9 to 5, you know, you work 9 to 5. And, like, if they actually stay extra, like, hour. Like, I get that's what sure. the real world is about, like, that, those changes. So I never understood that. But we it, it worked my freshman year, so I was like, hey. Right, but we'll then do it, it doesn't work yourself. <laughs> but did. but there, I, I want to bring up something. Uh, Dan Dockich, who's very divisive among the IU fan base these days, yeah, big big fan of yours though. Yeah, he always was complimentary <laughs> of you. Yeah. But but he said, were it not for OG's injury, Tom Crean would still be the coach of Indiana University. Do you feel like Coach kind of got a raw deal with with the injuries that year, and that if you guys had stayed healthy, it would have been a very different outcome? I, I definitely think so because. That was the year Rob was coming off his ankle surgery. Uh, that's when I hurt my my foot, and, and then James' knee yep. was messing up again. And then OG was like the the straw that broke the camel's back because his and like that's the only one everybody remembers. But there were and then Colin also was hurt that whole right. year too. So it was four injuries before like OGs, and it was just like when you can't have a consistent team, you know, practicing. How can you have a consistent team playing? So I think. I really think that he got the short end of the stick on that. And, you know, I have my own personal feelings about all that, but, you know, I just feel it was, please, it was please, tough. Please, please, we need your personal it. feelings. Yeah, oh, that's I just, what we're I just feel like uh, it was handled, like, a, a little bit differently than I, I would have liked or expected just because. From the school administration? Yeah, just because, like, you know, like, he just came off winning, what, two out of the last, what was three or four years, outright Big Tens. Yeah, I mean, he won two Big Tens in four years. That, yeah, that's yeah. what it was. And they were outright. And it's just like, you know, Sweet 16. And people didn't have us, like, beg to do anything that year, especially after Maui. And then we did. And then the next year, he's just, like, on the hot seat. I didn't get it. You know, I, I think it's all politics. I stay away from politics. And it's just, it was it was tough, especially because he's, he's a family man. Like, you, he... He could tell you everything about your family, all the way down to what kind of dog you had. Oh, we hear we you. We hear you have a dog. You have a dog. I do. Zach McRoberts told us you had a dog. <laughs> I, do. I it, asked him it, to tell it, me something it, that we... Is that it true we... that the dog likes Zach? He he does like Zach a lot. Okay, okay. Whenever Zach came over, he would just kind of go sit right next to Zach and like wouldn't ask to be scratched or anything. He would just kind of sit there and like just stand Where's next the dog him. right now? Uh, in Missouri with my parents. What's the dog's name? Zeus. And what kind of dog? Golden Retriever. Nice. Okay. Is is he a good boy? Oh yeah. All all dogs are. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You're a dog guy. Yeah. Yeah, me too. But all those Zach's cat. We're basically the same person. Zach's cat has me wanting to get a cat. Really? Oh, yeah. And now we're not the same person. Look, I've I, I, I've done <laughs> both. I'm currently in a cat situation. It's great, and they yeah. do coexist. We've done mm -hmm. that. So. All right. So let's get back to the 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 wheels kind of come off the bus. Mm. mostly due to the injuries, for sure. Right. But the silver lining in that season is the end of that season, the last five, six games or so, you really come into your own. 
and you really end that season strong. Mm-hmm. Is that a result of your shoulder is finally fully healthy and your conditioning is fully back and you now have like a full year of playing college basketball and the game is slowing down for you? Yeah, it was it was a mixture of all that and then also <clears throat> that was the first time my like that was the first game back. Uh, I think it was I heard it against Rutgers that year, my foot against Rutgers and it was like three games after that where it finally wasn't hurting anymore because before then I was I was still playing on it but I I knew I shouldn't have been mm-hmm. and then uh, it was one of those games where I finally felt like I was good again and I was explosive I was bouncy I was able to get up and down the court without having to worry about if I stepped wrong or anything like that and it was just a matter of actually being healthy for the first time now that year also saw in addition to the team uh, of a couple players that I believe you became very close with. Deron Davis mm-hmm. and Devontae Green. Yep. Did you immediately connect with those guys? Oh uh, well, I had known Deron since I was in eighth grade and he was in seventh grade. We played each other in Kansas City in the tournament there. And his his whole team was playing up because like they were that good. And I, I remember um he was he was that big and then and so <laughs> because I, the nickname Eric has dubbed him is grown man. Yeah. So he was a grown man even does, in like yeah, middle school. Even I have to know, does he does he refer to himself as grown man now? Because he's responded to me on Twitter. No, he, he doesn't. He's, he's just D-Row. Oh, okay. Or D-Row. Big Stank. Grown man. Grown. Or, or, or what? what? Big Stank. That's Big what, Stank? That's what we all call him. <laughs> well, let's leave it at that. We don't need to know why. Just Big Stank. All right. So, so you were friends with him. He comes. And now mm. you become fast friends. Right. What about Devante? Uh, I knew Devante uh, a couple years before because my last year on Mocan, he played with Thomas and uh, Sheck Diallo, so I knew I knew about him, and but I, I mean I didn't know him enough to like you know how I knew Duran, but at the same time um, I was just like when he came on his visit, it was at a weird time because everybody had like gone home mm-hmm. and like been able to like you know I think we had like off weekend, so everybody was just chilling, and like I was I was still rehabbing, so I was like the only one in the gym when he came on his visit, so like it was only us, <laughs> it was funny. only us talking. <laughs> And then, uh, so we, we kind of just connected then, and then we, you know, we friends along the whole time, too. And were you like, hey, listen, Thomas and OG are leaving. I'm looking for a couple new best friends. <laughs> are you guys cool with that? No, nah, it, it wasn't <laughs> like that, because uh, when they came, like, it was like, we everybody hung out. Like, usually there's, like, you know, there's the older guys that hang out with the younger guys, and then when there's a team thing, you know, everybody's cool. But it's like, everybody hung out with everybody. Like, it was never, you never would be like, oh, he only hangs out with these people. It was never that. All right, so then Coach Crean is fired. Hmm. How did you find out? Um, it was the day after uh, Georgia Tech, and I, I woke up. Well, actually, OG came into my room screaming. That's that's how I found out. And he was like, J-Mo, did you see it? I was like, what? Like, you know, you, you're waking up, you, you're annoyed. I was just like, what? I was like, what do you want? He's like, check your phone. And I checked it, and... uh one of the administration, Scott Dolson, had texted us. And, like, it was a long text. And it was it started off as, like, fellas, we're sorry to let you know. I, I already knew. Like, right. I, I still, to this day, I never read the whole message. Wow. But I already knew. And was your initial, because you said your personal feelings were that it wasn't handled great because of the success that he had. Mm-hmm. When you when they actually made the move, were you pissed off? Yeah. Did you want to transfer then? Uh, I did, but I knew Coach Cream would not, like, immediately, just because I knew. Like he he kind of like alluded to it before, so I I knew right away he wasn't just gonna jump right back into coaching. If he had, would you have gone wherever he went? Um, I would have seriously considered it. 
And what was it about Crean that you connected with so much? Was it his style of play? Because clearly the the organizational stuff on the other side <laughs> was was lunacy, and you didn't like it. But his offensive scheme mm. and the way he was using you, obviously, you did like. Is yeah. that what it was? And that yeah. just overshadowed the rest? Definitely. I just think um, the on-court success, uh, just he believed in me to be a good basketball player. He didn't believe like, oh, all right, we're gonna, you're a great post player or like, you know, you, you can pass or anything. Like, he's like, you're a great basketball player. You make great plays and that's what we need to win. And I feel like just that's, that's just always what I wanted to, uh, to do just to be a great basketball player. So then they hire Archie Miller. Mm-hmm. Now, before they hire Archie Miller, there are several coaches that are being bandied about. The yeah. names are going. Yeah, do, do you get involved? Like, do you think about that? Are you? Is the team talking about who it might be and who you? Because we did hear from someone that there was one coach that was mentioned that everybody was like, "Oh no, we heard this guy's a real asshole. We don't want to play uh, for this guy." We heard a lot of names. We heard, I'll just the names yeah. I heard. Uh, <laughs> the funniest we heard Bob Knight was going to make a resurrection. We heard that, <laughs> and then we heard Steve Alford. Right. Uh, we heard um, Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan. Brad Stevens. Uh, and Greg Marshall. Right. So Greg Marshall. I knew Greg Marshall because he recruited one of my teammates, and he also recruited me a little bit. Okay. And I already knew, like, he was almost just like Green in the fact, like, that he's, like, real just energetic and crazy. Like, yeah. So I already knew. Was there one of those <laughs> names that you were like, oh, I really hope we get this guy? Uh, Brad Stevens. Yeah. I, I knew it wasn't going to happen because of the year that the Celtics have. I was like, it is a lo- it is a very long shot that he leaves what he has sure. to come here, you know, and start from the rebuild, whatever it says, the rebuild, and, like, keep it moving. I was like, but if we get him, I was like, I feel like he just has the greatest basketball mind. Yeah. And, and then they hire Archie Miller. Mm-hmm. Did you know who Archie Miller was when they hired him? I knew just because of the, all the stuff that Dayton had done uh, when I was in high school. Got and it. like, as soon as they saw Archie Miller, I was like, wait a minute. The Dayton coach, and then right on Google and was looking everything up. So, so what, yeah. were, was it like, oh, uh, wow, he got to the Elite Eight? Yeah. With uh, with uh, a mid major team, was it where you're kind of like, okay, cool. Yeah, that, that's kind of exactly how it was, and I was like, okay, he does a uh, a lot with people who aren't recruited by the big by the big boys. So I was just like, you know, I like this this could work. And then I was like, um, when he got there, he was like preaching like getting Duran in shape, uh, you know, getting everybody back. Um, and the first thing he did was get Cliff, Al, and Justin to come back, and I was just like, "Wow, he's he's making he's making moves, he's making it happen." And so after that, I was just like, "Okay, like I, well, I want to see how this plays out." Well, your personal, your first interaction with him personally, what, what was your impression? Um, I didn't know he was that short. <laughs> that was that was my first. In, that was it's my shocking, first in, right? Yeah, when I saw him, I was like, "I was like, oh, I was like, all right." And then like, it's not like Crean's a tall guy. Yeah, like, but like. It's a significant height difference. <laughs> yeah. But um, he was just like, he's like, look, I was like, I'm not going to, you know, I was like, I'm not going to sell you any dreams that, you know, or anything like, or any promises. But he's like, uh, we need you. He's like, that's basically all he said. He's like, we need you. He's like, I've been, I've been watching. He's like, um, you're the type of player I had at Dayton. He's like, although we didn't recruit you, don't let that, uh, not the fact that I'm the coach here now that you'd be uh, my player, things like that. And then he was just uh, pretty much spilling out how he plays defense, how he would put me in the offense, what he sees from me. Um, and then he asked me uh, what I view myself as being as. And I told him, I was like, I don't think I can really explain that. I think you just have to see it. as like, I'm just a basketball player. It's like, whatever needs to be done, we'll get done. And he's like, uh, that's what I'd like to hear. And then that's kind of how the meeting concluded. 
So it was just you and him one on one. Okay. So you decide you put your name in the draft to get. Mm-hmm. Did Did you think there was a legitimate chance you were going to leave, or were you just using the process to get feedback? Oh, I hundred percent was just using it okay. to get feedback. Smart. I I knew I was coming back. Like even yeah. even the teams asked. I was like, so you if you have a chance, like if you take, I was like, if a team flat out tells me and signs a contract and tells everybody I know <laughs> they're gonna draft me, I would be dumb not to go. But I was like, otherwise, I was like, I'm 100% going back to school. I was like, I have no doubts. And I try to explain to us the difference between Archie and Coach Cream. If you had to come up with like three or a couple or whatever, mm-hmm. the main differences, what would you say they are? I would say the defense side of the ball, Coach Cream was, you know, if you had to, 94 feet, uh, switch and deny, things like that. Everybody can guard everybody. He loved to to have us work on that and Archie was more so pack line um and then also I would say <clears throat> on the offensive end <laughs> coach Green's I would say his best defense was just outscoring people right. I would say that was our best defense um and then with coach Miller you know we obviously grinded out so many games just being able to lock clamp down on defensive end did I want to talk about the, those two things we'll break them down a little bit the pack mm-hmm. line cuz we we don't know what the hell the pack line is. I mean, we try, we ask people, I've read about it. I've read, I have read reams of pages on what the pack Jeff line Van is. Gundy tried to explain yeah. it to I, us. I, I don't get it. And I don't really care at this point. Well, I just but, want it to but work. I, but I do because we are standing in the presence of a man. All right. So explain Who to had us. two, two years of each, mm-hmm. you know, and, and of, of the priority being on the offensive end and, and get down there and, and take care of business on the points end. But with the pack line, did you, all these ideas we hear when mm. coach Miller is hired is it takes at least a year for guys to start to really like where it gets in your muscle memory. Yeah. Is that fair? I, I would definitely say that's completely fair. And only those who have like lived it and played like basketball uh, or play defense the way we did with coach cream will understand. Can you try to explain to us, like take one thing in the game mm. that, Archie does on defense that you had to relearn because Coach Cream did it so different. Okay. Um, well, I would I would say either the Minnesota or Kansas game. Uh, I was picking up Frank Mason and Nate Mason uh, full court. Like I was guarding them, and then uh, Brandon or what was it? Brandon Lucas? I think or I for the big or Udoka for Kansas yeah. would set a screen, and I would switch with Thomas. So now I'm on Udoka. He's on Frank Mason or a big from Minnesota set a screen and then I'm switched with Max and or James or Rob and then with RG it was just like you you didn't do that. Uh your your feet if you weren't on the ball, like over the half court, unless you had some crazy great shooter, you were in the paint. Or not in the paint, but inside the three point line. Like feet were on the three point line and you did not go outside of it. You did not deny. Um I mean in like pressure situations when, you know, time's running out, that's different. But, like, start of the game, you know, you just stick to the principles. And with Coach Karina, it was more so to deny people getting the ball and make people beat you one-on-one. Deflections. Yeah, he loved deflections. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we know. We hear about him in the press conference all the time. Yeah. So, so We lost by 30, but Vic had 72 deflections, <laughs> so we should be happy. If if the the best distillment I got of pack line, see if this rings true to you, is first thing you want to do is, is ball pressure. Pressure on the ball. Ball pressure, yeah. Secondly, probably the other four folks – Packing it in, mm-hmm. making sure Protect that, against the drive. Yeah, no easy shots in there. Third, close out on the three. Yeah, but doesn't number two in that? Because this is something we talked about a lot. Protecting the paint, 
and protecting against the drive. Doesn't that make it harder to guard the three? Yeah. And it, isn't the three the most important part the, of the, the game now? Part. So you've played high-end college basketball. We know Virginia won the championship with the pack line. <laughs> I get it, okay? Mm-hmm. That guy's special, and they do some special <laughs> things. But is the pack line, in your estimation, the right defense for a game that is so focused on the three-point shot now? I think I think it could have worked for us. But again, I think injuries hindered us from really exploring how good it could have been. Because, you know, if you think about it, think about the length we could have had in the lineup. Think about Al at the one, Romeo at the two. Justin or Jerome at the three, me mm-hmm. at the me or Justin at the four, and Deron at the five. Think about a lineup being in there where you That's have a true. lot of length and you can close out the shooters quickly. Like, cause you know, besides Deron, you know, Deron going against the big in the paint. I think, and then being able to switch virtually all four on the wing, I think that is a deadly lineup on the defensive end, especially even in the pack line. And then just guys seeing like you know hands outstretched, just discouraging them from you know just driving. I think. That's what he envisioned, and I think it really would have worked. But I think just, again, you know, we were forced to play differently. And I think we should have switched it up just because, you know, when I was at the five, you know, teams, like, I think we should have done a little bit more, like, just running gun, like, trapping type things, just trying to speed people up just because, you know, that's how we were built to do. Um, but uh, I think, you know, for how we were building, like, the dark, the cards we were dealt, we did pretty well. So I have to know, because you talked about you playing the five. Mm-hmm. You don't want to play the five. Uh, I Come on. I, I, know, I, I know you're a classy guy, <laughs> and but you didn't come to college to play the five. Well, you know, he did say, he told Coach Miller, you would do whatever needed to be done. Well, you, you were did. a basketball player. But you think next year a healthy Duran and a Joey Brunk, mm. you'd love to be playing for next yeah, to two I guys would, like that. I would definitely love to. Like, even with uh, when we had Thomas and Duran, I don't, you know, in in spurts when, you know, foul trouble or, like, you know, if a team went small, I'd sure. be at the five probably two minutes out of a game. But it was just, like, when uh, whenever I saw uh, starting lineups, like, I'm Rutgers, for instance, uh, whenever they were first reading off the lineups, they, they like, said the, the guards. Then it was, like, they, we got into the bigs. It was, like, 6'9". 6'11", 6'11", 7'2", 7 foot. And, like, everybody in the, everybody in the room knew I was going to be guarding him because, like, as soon as the first 7-footer came up, he was, like, 7 foot, 290. Then it was, like, 7'2", 305. Oh. And then it was, like, 6'11", 270. And everybody just kind of started looking back towards me. <laughs> and, like, I was just, like, sitting there. I was, like, yeah. I was, like, I already know it's going to be me guarding him. I was, like, nobody else in here is going to do it. So, I was, like, I mean, I, I don't mind. It's whatever. Did, do you think that we as fans didn't get to see everything you have to offer because you had to play those the a little bit out of position uh yes uh i would i'd kind of say no because i did everything i could but well, and was, what you did was i mean you had one of the best careers in the history of indiana <laughs> university that's pretty well, good you. juan thank you um but but there was a lot yeah left on the table that was not seen uh, that eventually fans will see but yeah there was i would say probably like 70% of what I'm able to do with Sean. Your first year with Archie, new system, Ward, and you talked about how hard it is to get into the pack line. Mm. And that year for you personally did start a little bumpy. I yeah. mean, if you look at the statistics, it's like everybody I think was expecting you to just explode. And it took you a while to get your footing mm-hmm. that year. Is that how it felt like to you as well at the beginning of the year? Oh, uh, definitely. I would definitely agree with that. Just, you know, I feel... It was it was different coming into it, but you know, just with every with all great things, it takes time. 
That's that's how I felt. Did you guys have a good sense from Coach Miller before the season even started what it was all supposed to look like when it was said and done? Mm-hmm. Like, he, get, he did he lay out a vision of or or show you Dayton footage or Wisconsin or UVA footage and be like, this is what we're going towards, guys. It's going to be tough to get there, but but you kind of knew what you were going for? Definitely, and even in the first couple games, uh, he would, like, film it out for us and be like, look, this is what it looks like when it and when it's working. And, you know, we getting stops, running out, like scoring – you know, seven, eight, nine times in a row and stopping them on defense at the same time. So I think, you know, as you just kept seeing it yourself and just, you know, the, the eye in the sky doesn't lie. So just being able to see those things happen and seeing how it was successful, I think guys are really starting to get it, you know, put into their uh, brain that this is how it has to be done. And that, that it could work, that you just had to be patient exactly. and put in the time. Exactly. So then you play Arkansas State. Mm-hmm. You remember your line from that game? Uh, I remember twenty-eight points, uh, probably eight rebounds. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Do you remember what you shot from the field that game? Uh, a very good percentage. Like, I remember. I don't think I missed a free throw, or maybe nine for ten. Did not miss a free throw. Yeah, 10, ten for ten. 10 yeah. Nine of eleven from the field. Yeah, I remember. I was going to say ten for twelve. But, but let's talk about the free throws for a second. All right, your first two years, especially, mm-hmm. you're a great free throw shooter. Yeah. Mid seventies, high seventies. You have games where you go ten for ten from the free throw line. I'm just gonna ask, what happened? Um, I wish I could tell you. Is it mental? You think? Do you think it uh, like like a golf swing? It just kind of got in your head. I think it is mental. Like once, like you know, those games where you're going ten for ten, then it's like a game where I'll go. I went. I think it was like one for eight or like one for nine. I was just like, maybe I need to change it. And from then on, it's just. A spiral downhill like I shouldn't have changed that I should have just stuck with it because it was working and yeah. like just because and you have great game. form yeah. I mean you have good rotation it's like there's no reason your ball doesn't go in yeah it shouldn't have, I shouldn't have well, changed it but I did well yeah. you know this that's comes, a human thing I mean yeah like you see it in golf all the time yeah. with these guys putting but the shooting in general obviously you know including on the free throw line is there just much less emphasis on that in practice with Coach Miller as opposed to Coach Crean? You know, we had this vision of, of Coach Buckley being this great shot doctor and that being <laughs> That is whole... true. That is true. But at the same time, we, we focus on it a lot. Uh, there was, you know, in like competition, you missed a free throw. Like at the start of it, that's minus four. Um, and, you know, you're trying to win the competition. So you this is the runs. golden jersey yeah. competition? Yeah, just making free throws, staying on top, like just staying in the leaderboards. It was – we emphasize a lot. It's just – it, I think it was just a huge mental thing, and like I just tried everything to do to change it so it worked. And I mean, at one just, point, for, for, I mean, at one point, your feet are facing forty-five degrees, yeah. right? You went total cockeyed yeah. on the free throw, and it started working. Actually, yeah. you hit a bunch of shots. But but I wonder is is it the the mental aspect of it? Does that spread to the team too? Is it just like it ends up like you have a bad game and mm-hmm. everybody's kind of thinking about it for the next game? So then you have another bad game. Yeah. And it just kind of spirals. Uh, I think I think that's that's fair to say. I think it was just very contagious. I think you know, you like say I was like trying to change something, but then like Rob's like, oh, like I need to change this, so mm-hmm. you know it works. And then Roman's like, I need to change this, and Devontae's like, I, so I think it's just, I think it kind of went throughout the team, and I think we should just stay consistent to what what we were doing, and I think that just speaks to the whole the season as a whole. So I, Arkansas say twenty eight points, you blow up, but then. You go on a run of games. Let's see. Let's see what you remember here. 
You played Duke your junior year at Assembly Hall when mm. Duran has his best game as an Indiana Hoosier. You're right. And that is really where Grown Man was born. Grown Truth. Man. We, I mean, we was, all say the same thing. He was crushing people. They could not stop him. They could not to stop him. To this day, him. I'll say they would not be able to guard him ever. It was unbelievable. Mm. But you had a great game in that, too. You remember your line? Uh, I think it was like 14 points. Yeah. By the way, stop saying like 20. Because you know exactly <laughs> I was, what I was. I, was. Say, I remember it was in the teens. I was going to say 13 No, you got first. it. 14. How many rebounds? Six. Exactly. <laughs> Wait. Here, here. Then, I want to say something. Yeah. I, I think this is less about you being consumed with your own statistics. I think you're good with numbers, aren't you? Yeah, I have a photographic memory, so if I see it like on paper, I kind of I can go back and like kind of remember what I was doing. Right, so if because, I write down Eric Pankowski is my best friend and you look at that, then... Like 10 years from now, if you remember, if you asked me what you wrote down, I'd be able to No, remember. no, no, 10 years from now, you say Eric Pankowski is your best friend. <laughs> I don't want you to remember I wrote it down. Well, because I, you said November, that was in November 11th. I think you were talking about yeah. Hawaii. Mm. And I'm like, hmm, yeah. there's a pretty good All brain right. in this Hold on. guy. So that was Duke. These are consecutive games now. That was Duke. Then you play Michigan. Oh, uh, yeah. 24 and 8. Yes! <laughs> You're going to miss one. Iowa, next game. That this, was a double This is double. a moment. Yes. Um, 15 and 10. Yes! <laughs> then Louisville. That was at Louisville? Yep. Uh, I remember Colin started off hot that game and Devontae. I remember I was in foul trouble. He was either 17 or 18. 17. Okay. And how many rebounds? Eight or nine. Nine. God, wait. <laughs> then and then, Arkansas State was a coming out because you mm. scored a ton of points, but it was Arkansas State. Let's mm. not get too excited. Right. Crossroads. Crossroads Classic. <laughs> Notre Dame. This is where and I don't care how it sounds. <laughs> I fall in love with you head over heels. <laughs> we have no business winning this basketball game, mm -hmm. right? They are beating us handily like in the seven, by like sixteen yes. or seventeen. And you single handedly. With a little help from Zach at the end, but but you take the game over mm. in in the most beautiful way I've ever seen until a year later. But <laughs> but walk us through that game. You're in Indianapolis. It's the four schools that matter in the state, mm. and this is you just just planting a flag. This is who I am. What was that game like? Um, I think that was just. All bully ball. I just felt like whoever they put in front of me. I I was telling Coach uh, Bruiser in the huddle. Uh, whenever Coach dropped a play, I was like, I was like, I can take anybody on that team. I was like, just just give me the ball and let me do something. And they they started calling the plays. I think that was the first time in my years at IU where a play was actually called for me. Like there was times where a play would get jumbled up and I'd end up getting the play call for me. But that was the first time we were like in the huddle. I was like, look. Like, Juwan needs to get the ball. Like, he's going to make something happen. He's going to make the right play. And I I think it was more so I didn't want to lose that trust that they had in me then. So I was going to make it happen, whether, you know, that was by force or just because they let me do it. But I was going to make it happen. Do you remember your line from the game? 34 and 11. Yes. And walk us through the end of the game uh, and how we win that basketball <laughs> game. I like – I used – like, when I was around, I, I told people, I told Zach I was going to miss on purpose, but I didn't miss on purpose. So, let's let's set the <laughs> stage. We are, the game is tied at this point, right? Well, or are we down, down by one? I think we're down When you three. go to the free throw line. Oh, when we go to the free throw line, I'm down. We're down one. We're down one when we go to the free throw line. You've got a free throw to to hit the basket and probably send it to overtime. overtime. Mm -hmm. And then what happens? Um, 
You I'll, told Zach you're going to miss it. No. I tell okay. people I, I tell people that, but that's not what happened. <laughs> okay. I was like, I'm going to make this. You know, we're going to go overtime. He was like, you know, all the greats are born in overtime. That's what I was thinking. That All that went in my head, like, in the three steps it took for me to get to the free throw line. And then, like, when I released it, like, if you watch the film, like, as soon as it left my hands, my hand just stuck right here. And I didn't, like, flick through. So, oh. I was, as soon as I did that, I was like, it's long. It's long. And, like, I started walking up a little bit. The ref didn't see it, but I started walking up a little bit. And then as Zach started moving, like, I saw the ball bounce off. And it couldn't have been a more perfect bounce because, like, Bonzi kind of just stepped up and didn't yeah. hit Zach. And, like, it was going to fall right in between them. So if he got a finger on it, Zach wouldn't have got it. But Zach just made the athletic play, got it. And, like, as soon as he got it, I saw the, the right side just, like, kind of swarm to Zach. And, like, as he was falling, I kind of just walked around and he found me. And you dunked it. Yeah. You won the game on a dunk. That does not happen <laughs> often. And you know what Zach told us? Because we talked to Zach. Remember what Zach said? That he had missed several shots in that game. And he's like, there's no way I'm taking this shot. No matter what, i got to get it to somebody. And then he was so happy when he saw you streak into the basket. Um, I want to open it up to, for a second to, to Archie's, I'm sorry, Coach Miller's overall offensive philosophy. Because mm. the pack line, we've discussed it. Now we've gone through – the better part of your statistics for for junior year on how you especially got those points. But, you know, and and obviously it was different again this year with Mm -hmm. Romeo coming into the equation. But when, if you could sum up for us, what what is Archie's, uh, Coach Miller's, uh, approach, mentality, philosophy on the offensive end? Um, It was a lot about spacing and just being able to create out of spacing. And he he liked a lot of screens uh, just because I I don't know if he... I mean, I watched a little bit at Dayton, but I don't know if he did as much as at Dayton. But because I was a lot quicker than – well, I was quicker than every five I went against. And so just being able to, you know, sprint up there, make the five, like make them mess up their screen coverages. Like if they were in a hedge, because I was quicker than them, make them turn into a drop. And then be able to have the guard, you know, uh, be able to probe and pick at whatever the big was giving them. And then also just rolling into it and make the big either make a decision. I think that's really what he uh, envisioned for us. It didn't, again, we, we know very little. <laughs> we just know <laughs> as fans. But we did grow up on Bobby Knight basketball, mm-hmm. which is constant motion. Right. And screening away from the ball, mostly. You know, not really doing a lot of pick and rolls. And we know the game has gone to more of a pick and roll game. Right. But there were times where it did feel like the offense was stagnant. Like mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of motion. Explain to us if we're seeing something wrong or if that's just what happens. Uh, I think sometimes that just happens. Like, you know, you get to a point and every team goes through where it's just like, all right, what do we do? And it's just like you, everybody's just like waiting for the other person to make move. And I think, I think with Coach Trina, it was a lot different. That's where I think a lot of different, uh, differences come in with both coaches' uh, offensive schemes just because with Coach Crean, any other five can initiate an offense. And it didn't matter what uh, was going on with the other four. Uh, but with Coach Miller, it was more so like like either whatever point guard, if we had two point guards on the floor, one of them had to start it. And mm. I think also when the – I think uh, our best offense was when the ball touched the uh, block, either me or Deron, because I think, yes. I think a lot of teams have great bigs, you know, scoring bigs, but I think we were the best passing tandem like in the country. When easily. you guys oh. would play the high-low game, it was the best. Mm-hmm. It was just so much fun to watch. 
It, let me ask. To, oh to, yeah, we would talk about the the way kind of you'd give him the side eye and then just throwing it across, yeah. finding somebody on the other corner, and and <laughs> it was re- really fun to watch you pass. It in that really ball. was, and really watching fun. you pass from the post. It's a shame we didn't have guys who could really knock down threes. Yeah. Because you made amazing <laughs> passes cross court. You would find the guys on the double. But I want to ask a, another question on Coach Crean and Coach Miller. Is it just simple and easy and correct to say Coach Crean's just a better offensive coach and Coach Miller's a better defensive coach? Yeah. That's 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 fair to say. I would just like not even just saying, you know, not even being, you know, biased or anything. You just if you look at the numbers, the numbers speak for themselves. Can coach Miller, can Archie get better offensively? Oh, most definitely. I just think, again, the injuries, I think, you know, I, I feel like it's sometimes with a lot of coaches, it's just they're just, you know, giving a bad a bad hand. Well, let's um, go to senior year yeah, now can, to get back to where you were. Because you, you had alluded to it with Coach Crean, and now that you're having a, 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 a ravage, ravaged uh, team of injuries, you had, you spoke about practice and how that affects practice and coach Miller would at, in the the press conferences talk mm-hmm. about that some but talk a little bit about that weekend and week out when you guys are so banged up how that affects you during the games when we get to watch um it affects a lot uh, I remember there was one practice where we had counting walk-ons we had eight people available to practice like just because they like uh it, it was it was tough a lot of times. That's why I I hated sitting out of practice. I I sat out two practices, uh, well, yeah, two, um, this past year. Was it one of them after the Michigan State game? No, nah, I didn't sit out. Uh, How did you not sit out after? It looked like your arm was ripped out of your body. <laughs> that was a dark moment. Yeah, <sighs> it it was. I sat out before the season even started. I got knee in my thigh, and when you get knee in your thigh, it's like you cannot move. But right. Didn't Devontae go out with something like that? Yeah, he, he was out for a while with yeah. that, too. But after that, it was I, – I don't think I sat out another practice, and that's just because you know, we didn't have a lot a lot of people in practice. And, like, it was it was tough because you couldn't really emulate a game and you couldn't really just get in game shape. Like, no matter how much you run, you will not be in game shape unless, you're like, you're going against somebody. And what about just team chemistry? Like, yeah. you, it was hard to play with the five guys who were going to be out there a lot. Yeah, because, like, he, he liked to switch up teams a lot just to, like, you know, test different combinations. And then, like, when you don't know who's going to be in practice, you don't know who to put on team. So, I think that was – it was it was a very stressful – that's why I couldn't be a coach. It's, it's a lot of things to go into it that people don't see. Could you give us a little insight onto sort of the specialty of each, each coach on the team? Like, Coach Flint does this. Okay. Ostrom does that. Yeah. Uh, I was Coach Ostrom was more so just a spacing guy. Like he just, I don't know what it was, but like every time like spacing was off or like something was on, something wasn't right or like if spacing was good, he like was on it. Coach Schillen was more, you know, Coach Schillen's the ball security, you know, sh- shooting guy. He was uh, always talking about like elbow in, uh, shoot, shoot up, don't aim it. Was his um coaching of mechanics and shooting vastly different than what coach buckley was um i would say i wouldn't say it was different it was just um coach buckley was a little bit more into it just because he was there like when i was being recruited and like coach Schilling was still trying to get to know me while doing all this so i think i i think it was you know it was all the same you know schematics things like that but you know just a on a personal level it was different um and then coach uh Coach Flint was 
um, just all about really. He he was a whenever we broke up bigs and guards, like sometimes in practices, he was always with the bigs. And I always like to joke with him. I was like, "How is our whole coaching staff under five, <laughs> under five eight? But we have a bigs coach. <laughs> That's good. Uh, so, before your senior year, you're named captain of the team. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you? Uh, everybody like they they all said it last year. Like they the my junior year and senior year, they were like, you know, we didn't even need to have this. They even told Coach Miller that it's like we don't need to have this meeting. Like we all know who's going to be the captain. <laughs> they was like, yeah, it's going to be Juwan and Zach. I was just like, I mean, y'all want? It? I was like, I don't care who's the captain. I'm gonna still speak my mind. If you're messing up, I'm gonna tell you. If you're doing right, I'm gonna tell you. I, I am curious about. So your captain, there's a lot of whether whether it's official or not, you are the captain mm-hmm. and you are taking responsibility for the team. Right. So a couple things that I'm curious about from a leadership standpoint. Number one is Romeo. Mm-hmm. There has not been Romeo buzz like that since. I mean, Cody Zeller was somewhat like that, but it, it did not reach the level of Romeo. And I don't think any recruit at Indiana reached the level of Romeo since Damon, Damon Bailey. Damon Bailey. Mm-hmm. Did that bother you? Not at all. Really? You're busting your ass for three years, and here comes all this buzz. Did it bother anybody else on the team? Uh, It probably did. I would say just, you know, in practice, it's just like not so much to where it's like, oh, I hate Romeo. But, like, you know, if you didn't touch him and, like, they call a foul, like, oh, that's Romeo. He gave him a foul. Like, right. they would joke like that. Did other players on the team want to prove themselves more against Romeo? Yeah. Demizi was a big candidate of that. Whenever a uh, coach would get on to him for defense and like him and Romeo would start guarding each other, Demizi became somebody different. Wow. Like his, I was, I'm, I'm pegging him to be the most improved. And like, obviously, Jerome, I'm, I'm pegging You're the those third two. person to say this about Demizi. Yeah. Oh, I'll give Al too, but Al's steadily improved. Yeah, he's yeah. steadily, whereas Demizi seems like this he has a long be, way to go. It's going to be a huge jump from. Did, did, are you okay? Yeah. Do you hear? Oh, I'm, I'm good now. Okay. I couldn't hear it in my left one. Yeah, that's right. It sounded like it was going a little wonk. Uh, okay, cool. All right, so Demizi, you think, is going to take giant yeah, that's, leaps. That, that's my guess. And now we're not asking for any insight onto anything medically, but in your heart of hearts, do you feel like we'll see Jerome on the court next year? Definitely. Yeah, and how yeah. good can he be? Uh, I, I was putting him up there for like him and Romeo competing for who the best freshman was. Really? That's like, because the story I always tells is like when freshmen, when uh, recruits come in uh, and we're playing open gym, you know, they're like timid. They're not really trying to play. Jerome, like, I remember who was it? I think it was Coach Ostrom. He told me, he was like, I want you to guard Jerome. Because they know I'm not going to take it easy on anybody. That's like, right. I want you to guard Jerome the whole time. And, you know, just hit him a little bit, put him in the post, see what he's gonna, how he's going to react. And he reacted like he belonged there. He acted like he'd been there for just as long as I had. And he didn't go away the whole time we were playing. And we probably, even after we were done playing open gym, he said he wanted to go one-on-one with me. And nobody ever does that because whenever we do one-on-one, I put them in the post and then I make their body hurt just because I'm going to I'm going to bang against them. I make their body hurt. <laughs> Bully ball. That's a exactly. good, if you were a wrestler, if you're going back to your WWE <laughs> days, that would be your go-home line in your promo. I'm going to make your body hurt. Yeah, everybody <laughs> kind of knew that. And like when he asked me, everybody was like looking like, you don't know what you're getting into. And then we, we played probably seven or eight games uh, going to five. And wow. so that was just like, I was like, he, as a guy that just wants to get better. So your senior year starts... You guys are kicking ass. Mm-hmm. You're doing really well. You lose a heartbreaker at Arkansas. Not an easy place to play. Yeah. Foul trouble. 
definitely. Let's talk a second about foul trouble because foul trouble plagued you yeah, uh, the last two years. Mm. What do you credit that to? Uh, I just credit it to I'm just overly aggressive sometimes. I'm just, like, I try to change it just trying to be smarter, but I'm just an aggressive player. Like, I hate, like, if somebody, like, had open lane to a dunk, sometimes they're like, all right, you got to let them go. I was like, I cannot give up easy too. It's just your, it's like your, your it's like a, an ego thing. Yeah, like, there's no like, way you're going to let I them get I can't do it. it. It's like, it's like sometimes I just can't. It's like, if I'm in position to, you know, like, wall up or whatever, I'll do that if they make it, you know, credits them. But, like, if, like, it's a chase down, and nine times out of ten, the ref's going to call a foul, I can, like, let it go, but it's just, I can't. And I think I think sometimes like once the you know the census is out like what's like what a player does you know the first couple games like he has two fouls in the first half so like we know to watch for it it's just like after that they're just like all right we're we're looking for it now right. like they're they're targeting it more. All right, so your senior year you start off great. You're twelve and two. Twelve and two that Marquette game. It was mm-hmm. like but let's Whoa. let's talk about the Butler game. Crossroads <laughs> back to the crossroads again. classic. Now you're walking in there. This is your after the year you had last year. Do you just? I mean, what is it? Is the backdrop of the of the arena better for you? Are you? Do you just? What is it about that showcase? Um, bragging rights. I I, I don't know. Like I honestly don't know what it is. It's just I feel just comfortable. You know, it's just I feel like it's a lot different. Than, than uh, Assembly Hall and like other gyms we played in, I would compare arenas like uh, Louisville's arena and Nebraska's arena to being the closest to like NBA arenas like that, and I just I just feel comfortable. All right, do mm. you remember your line from that game? Uh, come on, not a lot w- of rebounds. I think it was like two rebounds, maybe. Yeah, you did not uh, have a lot of rebounds. Uh, but how many points? Thirty-five. Uh, made all. My, I remember making all my free throws. How many? Seven. Yes. <laughs> Love four it. Four of six. I remember only missing two shots, so four of six. or Yeah, four of six. From All three. right. Now, the easiest line to ever remember was your line two games later against Jacksonville State. Wait, hold State. on. Oh, sorry. Let's let's revel in Butler for a second. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because uh, somebody we haven't really got to talk much about, Rob Finnessy, mm-hmm. sure. came up pretty big at the end of that game. Yeah. What was your impression of freshman Rob, and what do we have look, to look forward to for the next three years? Um, I see a next coming of Yogi to look forward to. That's that's how that's who that's the pedestal I'm holding to. Wow. And then also just you know he's another guy that just wants to get better. He and then the thing is he like when he came in amongst the team he was known for his defense. That's not common for freshmen. I think the last time like that happened you know. It was me and OG. We were known for coming in and playing defense, and so I just think having that is just it's just an extra extra gear to have because then people, you know, you have the defense down and you just can work on the offense and you can work on that at any time point. Defense is something you have to want to do, and once you have, if you have that want to from the beginning, it's hard to lose it. It's hard to teach want to exactly. Right? So, do you feel like I assume you do because you said. Yogi is the standard that he's going to become a reliable three point shooter definitely, as well. Definitely, I even think he was this year. I think um, again with his injury, I think he kind of got a little bit from himself. And but he's, I would think he was like one of the more consistent three point shooters we we had. Because the big concern moving forward into this season, uh, in the post Juan Romeo era, it's like where's where's the points, especially where's the shooting going to come mm-hmm. from. And Al was part of his regression 
that was after the hand injury, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Rob, after getting, you know, donked in the head. So mm-hmm. uh, Demizi, you said he was a different player going up against Romeo, but you're the third player we've talked to who says that guy's going to make a real difference going yeah. forward. So do you think all us hysterical Hoosiers need to calm down a little bit Definitely. with how the shooting... <laughs> are, are Hoosier fans just insane? That's a blanket yes. statement. Are we insane? Yeah. Yeah. We're it's a good insane, we're mostly. Here. Mostly it's good insane. There's there's always that those couple that ruin it for everybody. And it's like, like I try to tell guys, like even Demisi especially, I try to tell him, I was like, because um, I remember after the Arkansas game, he came to me and was just asking about like what he needs to do, like how to just make an impact. And I was just telling him, I was like, look, you can't let other people decide or you can't let other people tell you how much of an impact you need to make. I was like, you need to let that come to you. I was like, you know you're a dog on defense. And, like, there was there was a game where he got in the game. And I gave him, like, two or three passes, and he didn't shoot it. And, like, I was just staring at him. I was like, why aren't you shooting? And I was like, that's what you are. I was like, you need to shoot it. And then, like, after the game, he texted me. He was like, he's like I just he's like, I just uh, wasn't, wasn't comfortable. He said, I just didn't have the confidence. I was like, well – I was like, coming from, you know, experience, I was like, I don't care who you are, like, what title you have, what ranking. I was like, if you're on the court, you're supposed to be there. I was like, that's that confidence is something, something you have to build from just being in practice and things like that. And from then on, like, in practice, he was a different player uh, just going forward. And I think once it's his time, like, everybody's going to be surprised. So two games after the Butler game, you have a line that, that is that I remember that anybody can remember. What was your line against Jacksonville State? Uh, ten, ten, and ten, five of five. And first triple double since do you know when? Uh, Seventy one. Do you know who did it? Steve Downing. Yes, nice. your first triple double for Indiana in forty seven years since before even we were born. Yeah. <laughs> were you hunting it at the end of the game? Oh, most definitely. Yeah. <laughs> like, without a doubt, I was. Like, at first, like, I could have a game where I'd have, like, 15 points, six rebounds, and four assists, and I'd say I was on triple-double watch. It's, <laughs> like, with – I think that was the thing with – I think me, OG, and uh, Tyler Cook, because he's, uh, he's from Missouri, too. Like, even in high school, we always just talked about, uh, you know, being point guards and just joking about that, having triple-doubles and stuff. And then, like – if I had more than three assists and more than three rebounds, I was on triple-double watching. <laughs> I love it. And I think when I was walking to the locker room, Johnny was like, uh, he's like, dude, you have six assists. He's like, you only need four more. I was like, four. I was like, there's 20 minutes in the game. I was like, if I get assists every five minutes, it's like, I'm good. <laughs> and I was like. You're really breaking it yeah. down. And then when I was thinking, I was like, when we walked into the locker room before the coaches walked in, I was like, look. I'm about to pass it to y'all. If y'all do not shoot, don't ask for the ball again because I'm not passing it to you. <laughs> and then they were like, all asking why. And I was like, look. I was like, it sounds selfish. I was like, but I'm four assists away. I was like, I'm going to get the rebounds and the points. I was like, don't worry about that. I'm not coming out until I do. I was like, but the assist is on y'all. And then from then on, I was, I was hunting it. I was hunting the assist first. <laughs> so you, you've had, I mean, you've just had stellar performances. Like we talked about Crossroads Classic, the triple-double. What is your single favorite performance as you think back on your four years? Is there one game that does stick out above everything else? Uh, Statistics-wise or just what I think is the best? No, just you forget statistics. Throw the statistics out. That was my favorite game I played. (laughs) What was your favorite? Oh, Wisconsin my freshman year. Really? And what was it about that game? Uh, I think that was the game where I realized that you do not have to score or really do anything. I think I had goose eggs across the board except for minutes and fouls. But other than that, I think you do not need 
to be a statistical hero to impact the game. And I think that's kind of just what made me who I was. You know, I was even if I didn't get the point, you know, I set the screen or, you know, I I blocked the guy out so somebody else could get the rebound and put it back or I crashed the glass hard so two people had to go with me and then somebody else came in and cleaned it up. So let's talk a little bit about the wheels coming off the senior year. Mm-hmm. I, I'd kind of like oh. to follow up on that. What, what was your favorite team victory? Like, you know, less about you individually, but the one where it was just in the locker room after the game, you guys were like, mm-hmm. this is why we came here. Uh, there's there's probably a lot. I can go through them. Um, Notre Dame my freshman year, mm-hmm. I didn't even play, but you would have thought I was on the court all 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was probably sweating the most out of everybody. <laughs> um, sophomore year, Kansas in in uh, yeah. UNC. UNC. It was those were just crazy games. Um junior year would be Notre Dame. Uh senior year would be for me Louisville was cuz I've lost to them. I had yeah. lost to them every time. And Eric and I were at the game. We so were, yeah. it was kind <laughs> of kind yeah. of a big deal yeah, for Yeah, definitely a big deal, but <laughs> How yeah. about how about the Michigan State game at I was, home? Cuz I, I know on the road that. you got hurt. Mm, I was just about to say that. That was cuz it seems like Maybe it was me, but every time we beat Michigan State, I barely played or I didn't play at all. That, that's, so I was just like, that's kind of what was in my head. And then like it was like every time I played a little, a, a few more minutes than usual, we lost. Like freshman mm-hmm. year, uh, and then junior year, I was just like, hmm, maybe I should tell coach I don't want to play. Like, I, I was like, maybe I should just sit this one out. But you know, I didn't. And then you know, we beat them. We beat them both times. And also, Wisconsin felt good beating them. Oh again. yeah. Because we rarely beat them. I, I beat them twice, once freshman year and once senior year. Was, there you go. It was tough. So a lot of things happened. We've talked about the injuries. Mm-hmm. From the outside looking in, again, the message board stuff, a lot of rumors about bad team chemistry this year. Mm-hmm. BS? BS. Really? The team was close. The, this was... No, junior year was the closest team I've been on, but... This was a close second. Really? And yeah. Romeo fit in with everybody? Perfectly. That's like, great. Like, it's good the to consensus know. was, you know, he knows he's go- he's leaving. We we all knew it. Yeah. Every, you know, he would be dumb not to. Um, and then when, uh, if, because I was his roommate, like, on away trips, if you could hear, like, how, when he got up from, like, the bed to go down to a meeting or something, after, it wasn't Ohio State, it was the game before that. Well, the Ohio, State game, right, the Ohio State game, he did leave during the game because right. of the back, right? Right, but it happened in Ruggers. And then okay. once we were leaving, like once we got to Chicago, like he was getting up and like he, he sounded 60 years old when he was grunting and stuff. I was like, I was like, what is wrong with you? Because like I heard, because I was asleep when he got up. I was like, what is wrong with you? And he was just saying like his back was hurting and everything, but he was going to try to play. I was like, yeah, whatever, you, whatever Timmy G tells you you need to do, I was like, you need to do it because like we need you to play. And then like I already, because once he said he was like, he said he couldn't go. I was like, all right. Me, I already knew that the rumor was going to start. I was like, everybody's going to say, oh, Romeo thinks he's too good for the team. I was like, and I told him, I was like, look. I was like, I'm not trying to be dad none. I was like, but you just got to ignore it. I was like, we know who you are as a person. We know you. Like, we're, we're your family. Like, we're your brothers on the court. It's like, we know. It's like, don't worry about what they have to say. So, I want to talk about uh, your team captain, officially and unofficially. Mm-hmm. And one of your best friends on the team gets suspended. Yeah. We don't have to get into the details about what that was. I think everybody mm-hmm. kind of knows what that was. Yeah. But 
What was it like for you when that happened? Did you feel like you needed to do something? Did you feel let down? Did you feel disappointed? What was that moment like? Um, I, I kind of felt let down and he like came to me first. Like when I was, I was sitting in my room cause we were uh, like, it was me and VJ in a room and then it was uh, him and Deron in the, the room next door to us. And he like, like he rarely ever, whenever we like hung out, we went to uh, his room or his, uh, their apartment and he came knocking and like, I knew something was up and he told me, he was like, he's like, I'm about to fail. Uh, I'm thinking, you know, test because like it was midterms. I was like, I was like, well, talk to Lowe. That's our academic advisor. I was like, I can't help you with class. I was like, you go right. talk to Lowe. And he was like, nah, that's not what I'm talking about. He's like, Timmy G uh, told me I have a test tomorrow. And then like we we sat down for a while just so talking. So how about does that, that work? Are they random? They just yeah. come to you at any moment and said you're taking it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And at that point, is there a lot you... of internet research about what can be done at the last hour? No, no, no. Because at that, that point, it's over. Yeah, like he he knew. I was like. Well, if you know that, I was like, the best I can tell you right now is just go and tell him. He's like, you think I should do that? I was like, I was like, yeah. I was like, just just tell him. I was like, because, like, like, I was like, just like with anything in life. I was like, even with your parents, like, they they don't want to hear that you did something bad from somebody else. I was like, and they the lie is worse. Yeah, exactly. And the, like, the trying to cover up or I don't know how it happened. That's always worse. Yeah, I was like, just just tell him, tell him what you did. Like, you, I was like, everybody's everybody's gonna know. I was like, so this, you might as well get in front of it. And uh, that's what he did. And he was, I was just talking to him about it. I was like, and just asking him why, things like that. And, you know, we, we had a long talk about that. How did Coach well, handle that moment? Did Coach use it as a teaching moment for the team? Oh, did, yeah. yeah and, and how did how did that happen? Um, it just, he kind of used it as like, look, um, you know, everybody has a responsibility on this team. Excuse me, to do uh, what's right for the team. You know, um, especially because that was the time where injuries were really started to stack up. Yeah. And it's like this is like one of the last things we needed and it's just um just you know you have to be committed to the team on and off the court and I think I think that really resonated uh with him just because you saw how he ended the season it was just mm. we would be nowhere if he didn't have the game he did at Ohio State right like nowhere well and moving into next season when mm-hmm. we're talking particularly about him him and Duran. Yeah, being you know, the older guys. Yeah. Do you do you see are those the two natural guys stepping into a leadership role next year? I mean mm-hmm. your leadership both, you know, as as a human being and as a basketball player, I'm sure is going to be sorely missed. So who's the heir apparent to you and Zach? They're the older guys, but I don't think it will be them. Uh like they'll they'll lead by example. They'll they'll they know what's expected. They'll, you know, all right, like guys, we need to do this, this, and this. Um, yeah, they'll but, tell people where to be for drills. Yeah, but that's not a leader. But I think uh, Al and uh, Rob. Really, I, Rob as a sophomore can mm-hmm. be a leader of the team. Definitely, because I think just like he's not so much just in your face. I think that would be Al, like the emotional leader. Um, but I think uh, Rob would be the guy that you know the one that's not as afraid, afraid to be like firm with somebody. I think it'll be him. And and do you think because there was. We we felt uh, as your experience and talent, Romeo's talent, there there was naturally a lot of expecting you and him to take care of business on the offensive end. Next year, do you think it's going to be more like five guys on the court being like, okay, we all got to do this? Yeah, I definitely think that, and I don't think it seeped in as much as I thought it was going to do. I thought it was going to be like guys just like, look, we're just going to give y'all the ball and like do whatever. But I think um, next year it's just going to be like, look. Like we all have to contribute, and I think there's going to be a lot of games where 
like all with at least four or five people in double digits. I think it's going to be so many games. I think it's going to be a very balanced effort and just, you know, you're going to see a lot of new things from guys. How does it feel to go through four years at Indiana and now you're at a point where you are the standard that is used when (laughs) Indiana is recruiting other guys? Like we talked to Trace Jackson Davis Mm -hmm. today and they use you when (laughs) recruiting. They're like, you can be Jawan here. I mean, that's that's one hell of a testament to you and what you did. How cool is that for you? Uh, it's it's really cool because I never would have thought that coming. Out. I was like, nobody wants to be a six eight like five man. Or like, <laughs> and it's like it's crazy because like they're using me like at six seven six eight for Trace, who's like what six ten. Right, it's six, just nine, like six, it's just like wow. Well, like, and they they use it just like on in different things, and it's just. I always joke with the coaches about that. I was like, maybe if y'all had me at the four, you know, something different could happen. But <laughs> and like anytime, anytime a NBA game was on, like I think it was the Rockets and Warriors and PJ Tucker was at the five. I can't yeah. tell you how many times Coach O texted me. <laughs> six six at center. Six six at center. I was just like, I was like, well, the thing is I'm six seven. And I was just, <laughs> so I, they they love poking fun at that, but it was I, it's it's an honor, definitely. Okay, this is a good point to ask this because we've had two different takes on this. Don't we, don't lead here. Just ask it right, plainly. No, no, we need we need the deciding vote. Yeah. for now. Hmm. Is wait, wait wait, don't ask it straight out. Okay, uh, how how should I ask it? Give should... us five words to describe Archie Miller. Oh okay, I like that. Oh. Uh, Fiery, um, stubborn, but like in a good way sometimes. Okay. I'll throw out some words. You tell me if they work. Okay. Authentic. Yeah, I'll throw that out. Real. Yeah, I'll throw. I'll, I would use real. Down to earth. That's like three synonyms. Yeah, they're the same word. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's okay. about the same. Uh, intense. Yeah, I'll throw that with fiery, intense. Okay. Yeah. Funny. Yeah. He, really? Yeah, he, he. It was. It was it'd be random and like he just throw a joke out there and everybody be like what and then like everybody be like what did you say and they just start laughing because like this the- has been when we had Zach on we asked Zach if we could make Archie Miller laugh and Zach said absolutely not now we said <laughs> no I that, think that's Zach being yeah, funny because Zach's funny it's Zach, Zach making fun Zach of us has a very dry humor uh, yeah <laughs> but but Trace said that Archie was funny and we couldn't I, I could not believe it Ward buys it. Mm-hmm. What? What? Here, because Trace he, probably said that because he's being recruited. He exactly. got recruited by that's what I, I said thought it was you. Joey who said it. I thought no, Joey no, no, said no. the Trace one who said funny first. Yeah, but I Joey agreed. But what? What this goes back to is the public picture we get of Coach Miller is is very serious. You know, mm-hmm. at the press conference when he's being introduced to the Indiana fan base on the sidelines, obviously. Yeah. But then we go to to Southport after the the night of the Louisville game, and mm-hmm. we go up there to see Trace playing against Keon, mm-hmm. and and Coach Miller's over there, very stoic. Coach Izzo's there also, being a little more friendly, working the crowd a little bit, mm-hmm. and then you would think that 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 the Beatles just arrived. <laughs> Drake had just walked in the back building. No, it was Coach Cal. Coach Cal was there. Okay, yeah, he sit he sits down next to Coach Miller. And suddenly, the man who we've never seen so much as crack a smile, your coach, Coach Miller, is laughing 
like like he's he's like at a Dave Chappelle stand up show. <laughs> like like just slapping his knee. Yeah. Does, does that bother you that Coach Cal made him laugh that hard? Uh, it bothers me. It, it it doesn't bother me. Like, <laughs> but, but it's just like I feel like he's just trying to he you know keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. All right, I that's, like that. Okay, okay. Like that. So that's, that's how I so he it. he is. So we knew he 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 could laugh. That mm. was a, but, but, but randomly he'll throw out something that will make you laugh. Yeah, was, Do you remember? Can you remember anything specific that you could tell us that he did that made you genuinely laugh? Oh, uh, oh, uh, we were at a we were at a radio uh, show um, and. I remember they were talking about uh, they were talking about something. Oh, the gold jersey and like uh, shooting contest things like that. And it was me and I think Rob there, and he was just talking about the shooting. And he said none of them could like none of us could beat him at shooting. And then like we pulled up his stats, and like you would have thought he was like a forty five percent, you know, free three point shooter or whatever. We were like, you wouldn't even be shoot be able to shoot over us because you know there's a height limit to shooting, and <laughs> like we we like, and he was just start laughing, and we would just go back and forth about. I always went at his height yeah. every time I could, <laughs> and, he, and he was a good sport about yeah, it. Yeah, always was, and he would always talk about. He's like, there's no way a six seven center, and he would always like call me center, like because he knew I hated that. <laughs> All right, that's good. Yeah. I like that. All right, we love asking this about guys that have spent time in in Bloomington. Forgetting basketball for a second. Mm. Favorite place to eat in Bloomington? ZNC. What is ZNC? It's like a little hole in the wall chicken teriyaki place, and it's well, I wasn't there when we were there. I don't think it's it's definitely that's the, the place. Where is it in Kirkwood? On Kirkwood, on Kirkwood. right across from Nick's. Okay, we'll have to, we'll have to go there next time. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Favorite pizza? Uh, people hate me when I say I say Pizza X. Yes, okay. Big I, I Ten special. Yeah. Uh, Do they have that still? I. I couldn't even tell you. I you just... get a large breadsticks and two drinks for nine ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. Well, inflation. It's, it's like it's like twelve dollars. Well, now they oh. could they could put it up to thirteen ninety nine because there's fourteen teams in the Big Ten. Oh, very <laughs> good know? point. Yeah, they yeah. Um, um, all right. So Pizza X. I, when I go to Bloomington, no matter what I have to eat that day mm. at like midnight, I order Pizza yeah. X, and my house still has the plastic cups. Yeah, that's I, what I use. That's what I use. I still have mine. Yeah, I, I probably life. have. Too many cups to count. Favorite bar. Favorite bar. Uh, I didn't really go to bars. Really? So, you know, I mean, I guess the you know the usual ones like Kilroy's or right. You know, brothers. Uh, favorite class you took? Uh, living well with Professor Smiley. That was his name. What is that? That sounds like a Saturday Night Live sketch. <laughs> it was. Uh, what are you talking about? It was living just like, well. Just you know, I was. It was like personal health. Really? Mm. And why'd you like the class so much? Because Professor Smiley just made it a fun class to be a part of. You know, you just... It's almost like you wanted to do the work for him. Like, when he asked for work. Because he didn't ask for it that much. But when he did say, like, there was homework, you like, you were happy to do it. It's not like, oh, I got homework right. again. You, Most hated class. Uh, finite. Mm, sure. So many people Amen. say finite. Is that still 118? Is that what that is? Uh, I couldn't even tell you. I yeah. forgot it. As soon as I was done, I got rid of everything to do with finite. <laughs> and what uh, is your degree in? Uh, sports communication and and you and uh, broadcast. Got it. Okay. Oh, so in the telecom building, yep. Mount Walter Gantz is still there. I take it, right? Is he still there? I think he's like. A, Did he retire? A, like Dean Emeritus or something. Okay. Like well, that and now. and we know Ron Osgood retired. Mm-hmm. What about Steve Kroenke? Any no? No, I think he's I think he's uh, done there too. Okay. We know we know the dean Jim Shanahan. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. We know Dean Shanahan. 
Oh, because this is yeah, in, folded like, the, the into whole the media, new media school. school. So it's it's really nice. That's so good. do you want to maybe get into sports broadcasting when it's all said and done? Yeah, like just staying around sports, talking about sports. I could do it all day. I mean, listen to that voice. I could listen to that voice read the phone book. I'd be great. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, and you won the Big Ten uh, Medal of Honor, mm-hmm. right? Which is one female, one male athlete from each Big Ten school for excellence in both athletics and scholastics. Right. So you did pretty good at these classes. Your photographic memory came in handy. Yeah, it, it definitely did. Just uh, in the in the works that weren't so much on camera, just knowing the history behind it, it was good to good to have. Just seeing names with numbers and just. Seeing those on test, it was it was easy. Can I ask what'd you finish with your GPA? Um three two. Nice. Pretty sure, I'm pretty sure. Well done. Thank you. Have well you done. have you got to talk to Sage Steele at all about a future in broadcasting? Not about a future in broadcasting. I talked to her once. Uh it was Who's Your Stereo when she hosted yeah. Who's Your Stereo. But other than that, I wait, you mean the one where Coach Cream was really awkward and looked like a total weirdo? Yeah, that one. That one. I think. I think that was the one when Troy won the uh, three point contest. Yeah. <laughs> strange days. Very strange day. Uh, favorite Bloomington or IU memory that has nothing to do with basketball. Being on campus, just walking around like it's, uh, walking around campus during the springtime. The best, right? Yeah. Special place. It's very nice. Wait, Buffaloes? Are we a Buffaloes fan? I like Buffaloes. The owner there is like really, really, really cool. I, yeah, I, I like great. going in there just, just to talk to him sometimes. He's a good dude. Yeah. 10 years from now, 20 years from now, you're at a reunion with all your guys. What's what's the funny story you know that's going to come up? It depends on which team. This year's. This year's? We'll talk about when every class wrestled each other in the in the locker room. All the able-bodied guys, not the injured guys. <laughs> so, like, half the team. Yeah. You would wrestle. Well, not, That's... like, full out, you know, try to hurt anybody, but yeah. just, you know, strength against strength, who's stronger, who gets who in a headlock. Nice. Uh, and put, I was... any, put anybody in a figure four? No, not, oh, okay. not, not that serious. I was, I was known for putting people in headlocks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ask the freshman class. They, they could tell you. Nice. How about from your freshman year, since that was a special group? Um, they would tell you, I would tell you about the – time where practice almost got shut down because OG and Yogi got into it. the first time OG had ever been mad and that was the, from that point on OG told coach Crean like he didn't ask him he told him he wanted to guard point guards wait what happened why did they uh they I think it was to- like a pick and roll or something and then like OG got switched off to Yogi and locked him up and like blocked his jump shot which rarely ever happened and then I forgot what was happening because I was getting the ball and like getting to the next drill or like to the next uh part of the drill and, like, they were just going at it. And then OG told uh, Coach Green that he wanted to guard point guards. And then from then on. Hey, let's not forget, I saw Jamal Murray torch everyone in the NBA playoffs. You know who he didn't torch at Indiana? OG. OG. <laughs> in the second round of that tournament, yeah. man. He blocked him twice on jump shots on in the second half. On threes. Trailing, too. Yes. That was the national aha moment. Mm-hmm. Juwan, you are an Indiana University treasure. It has been a, a pleasure and an honor to watch you for four years. You represent the school, the program, Hoosiers everywhere, the way that we all want to be represented. And in this tumultuous four years, like you've been a rock for us. You have. Like Thank with you. Well, other people coming and going, and we're not sure, but wow, we got you on. You are, and, and I think you probably felt it your senior night. 
Mm. You had a huge game. 20, oh, what was your line senior night? Uh, I missed. I know I missed one shot. Uh, How many points? It was in the 20s. You, uh, I love that the one day you don't remember is the most recent game. Yeah, I, I, I want 25. Yes! Yes! <laughs> How many rebounds? Um, it wasn't a double-double. Uh, seven or eight. Yes, seven! <laughs> you it. But I watched the stream of it online. I wish I could have been there. But I think you felt the love that the fan base has for you. Because the way you played, the fact that you wouldn't sit out practices, the fact that you had all the injuries you did and you just kept battling forward... You are what Indiana University is about. We've had this conversation a couple times. Everybody in Indiana, I'm sure you've heard it when they're talking about recruiting. Oh, we got to recruit Indiana guys. We got to even when they were recruiting a coach, it was like, oh, we need an Indiana guy, Mm -hmm. right? I I don't get mixed up in that, except to say, being an Indiana guy doesn't necessarily mean that you're from Indiana. You're an Indiana guy through and through. Mm -hmm. You make me proud to be a Hoosier. And it's just thank you for taking the time to talk to us two idiots. Oh yeah, uh, man, you, that is you are a patient man. In the patient, list of accolades, yes. you didn't list patience. <laughs> and if it's cool, we'll just sleep over tonight. That, <laughs> I think that's how we end it. I right? think it bring us a roll roll away yeah, car. Yeah, well, well, no, head to toe in the bed. <laughs> sure, sure. Head to toe, just like uh, the old AAU days. There you go, uh, Juwan. We want nothing but the best for you. We're going to be following your career. We know you're going to do huge things, whether it's the NBA, wherever it is, and beyond basketball. You've got a huge future in front of you. We're buddies with Sage now, so we'll hook you guys up when the time is right. I'm sure Sage would love us. (laughs) You know, Juwan, he'd like to get his foot in the door at ESPN. (laughs) Juwan just shows up in Bristol. (laughs) We tell him, you know, Sage has got an office waiting for him. But Eric and Ward said this was cool. (laughs) But uh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure uh, to talk to you. And like I said, you, you are my favorite player for the last decade and one of my favorites of all time. And wait, wait, you also said most complete Indiana basketball player since Jared Jeffries. I did. I did. I said that from before this year started. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then through the... I, I believe that. I, there was nothing on the basketball court you couldn't do, and I loved watching it. And you did it while... I mean, I'm going to guess that in the, what, 120 games that you played in four years, mm. you were probably fully healthy for about 10 of them? Yeah. Is that fair? <laughs> Maybe 11. Okay, there you go. Maybe You probably know exactly how many numbers. Uh, but good luck to you, man. Thanks so much for taking the time. And uh, let's do this again when you're in the NBA, and we'll, we'll be able to talk to you about how your first year went in the NBA. Sounds like a plan. Thank you. Thanks, man. Eric, are you okay? I'm not okay. This, I'm not okay. This is going to be a while before your feet return to the earth. We just have to explain to everyone that we just sat in Juwan Morgan's hotel room for about two and a half hours and just talked like three like three best friends like three best friends bonding actually and he let me use his bathroom which was really cool that could have been awkward that was hilarious you asking him before we even got to know him if you could use the bathroom it had to happen i mean you it's not a public bathroom you used his bathroom well look i asked if there was a public bathroom before we got to his place but we driven like over an hour to get there it had to happen and i knew we were going to be jawing for a while and i couldn't be doing the pee-pee dance for two hours no and the fact that you asked him that early in our relationship showed me how badly you had to go and how cool of a guy he was but I got to tell you, man, I was nervous when you were in the bathroom and it was just he and I talking. I didn't know what to say. I felt very uncomfortable. Uh, sure. Well, you know, it's they say don't meet your heroes. Well, we didn't just meet our heroes. 
we 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 embarrassed ourselves in front of our hearing. yeah yeah you in particular but I'm I'm just sure glad I was there to witness it. Oh man, the, he's just awesome, isn't he? He was honest and he's just a great dude. Well, and it was extra surreal because we've watched that face over the last four years. You know, thirty plus games a season watching that guy, particularly the last couple of years being the face of our team of our program and it was just super bizarre to be in a, a hotel room there and and I I loved you know obviously with AJ Moye and Jared Jeffries we've got to do these in person and hopefully we'll get to do some more because we get to connect with these guys in a way that it's impossible over the phone and man is it fun it is so much fun it's it's tough too because you want to ask questions that sound somewhat intelligent but you also just want to geek out the fact that you're talking to this guy that, like you said, has been such a big part of our lives for the last four years. And because of the injuries and things that he's gone through, I think, and because he was there during a coaching change, it all feels like we are bonded to him and connected to him more than I think a typical player. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, we've we've all been through this over the last four years with Juwan. I mean, it's pretty crazy to think where the program was when he started and how it is now that he's leaving it and that to, to you know, even driving home, because as our listeners have probably figured out, we're no longer in the hotel room with Juwan. This is our, our post, post-op and we're actually just in the bathroom. That's right. Juwan, Juwan let <laughs> us use the bathroom went. again together. <laughs> uh, is is already realizing, oh, I wanted to ask more about this. Oh, I wanted to ask more about this. But at the same time, feeling we got to know him uh, and the state of the, the program through his point of view, rather than ours or 12 other filters that we get it through. It was like with Zach. To, to or with Colin to get these guys who have been through this change in eras that we've lived through. And I, I forgot to ask if Archie was the guy. I know. I thought about that afterwards, but I didn't. It was weirder to ask that in person. Yeah. Yeah. And like, what could he have said? Though, though he did say Archie better defensive coach, Tom Crean better offensive coach. Yeah. I, it's funny because that is kind of. You know, we try to break things down and get so complicated about everything. But in the end, Tom Crean was a really good offensive coach for the most part. Archie Miller seems like a pretty good defensive coach. And on the other side of the ball, neither one of them are great. And and I did say, because I desperately want him to get, can he get better? Can Archie get better? And Juwan's like, yeah, he can. It doesn't mean he will. <laughs> and the truth is, And the truth is, you can't get much worse. So it's like, you know... This just may be who we've got, and he's got to get the right players. Um, I thought it was interesting to hear Juwan talk about that he got frustrated a little bit and kind of wished that we would have broke out of what Archie's quote-unquote system is to better take advantage of kind of what we were. But at the same time, look, Bob Knight used to talk about it. You know what we're doing. We're not changing for anybody. It's your job to stop us, and I do think Archie is trying to establish – an identity there of this is who we are. This is what we're going to be. This is what we're going to do. Guys will either learn it or not be here. And I have supreme confidence that it's going to work. We haven't seen it work with his guys yet, and it either will or won't. And we're going to know soon enough. Yeah. And, and his guys being 
somewhat subjective because once you say he secured the recruits that will now be juniors that were originally committed to Tom Crean, I'd say that's about their 50% his guys because he didn't identify them as correct for his scheme initially, uh, felt he needed to retain them to keep the program uh, somewhat together, but we're, we're getting there. The, the turnover is getting there, uh, and I think we can, we can now say we had the tiebreaker on whether or not Archie has a sense of humor. Yeah, I listened to that part again, and uh, he did qualify it. He did qualify it quite a bit. I'm still. Yeah, it didn't blow me away. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, he's hilarious. Yeah, he's exactly. I think Archie's one of those guys that like. You know how really successful people get the benefit of the doubt where they could say something that really isn't that funny, but the room laughs because it's that person in the room. I think Archie gets the benefit of the doubt because he's the head coach of Indiana University basketball. I think if you and I met Archie at a bar in Los Angeles and he had the same exact personality, I'm not sure we would walk away and go, that guy is funny. Right, right. Well, but again, that's that's never what I was questing for. And I don't know if that would be any of these top coaches' defining characteristic of oh, being Oh, well, maybe funny. not defining, but Calipari and Bruce Pearl are funny, entertaining dudes. Sure, sure. You yeah. know? Um, but man, we got to talk to Juwan Morgan for a long and, time and he was, he was awesome. Uh, and that photographic memory thing was, was cool to, awesome. to like kind of piece together in person. Like he just, he just knew the date of a game from his freshman year. He's got yeah. some, he's got some rain man, beautiful mind stuff going on in there. He is a beautiful human. <laughs> I'm glad, um, I'm glad he didn't try to kiss him. <laughs> yeah, that would have been awkward. I had to resist. Uh, I will also say that we referenced a few times in that interview our conversation with our next podcast. Right, right. So let's just keep everyone uh, excited. Next Tuesday, you get a little taste of the incoming front court for 2019-20. Joey Brunk and Mr. Basketball himself, Trace Jackson Davis. That's I mean, what else what else is there to, to say? I hope you guys enjoyed this one one tenth as much as we did. Yeah, because even then you would be just like ripping your clothes off and screaming from the tallest building in the world. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics. No vowels in hysterics. Send us an email at Hoosier Hysterics at Gmail dot com. And make sure you tune in every Tuesday morning. That's becoming our day. Tuesday morning is when we release new podcast episodes. And don't and make for- sure to keep going to pigs. Well, yeah, don't. I mean, I just don't want them to forget that we're powered by. Pigs. What about that? Did you hear what kind of weird audio thing that was doing? No, oh, I, I hope it recorded that way because it's it became psychedelic. I went I went down and came back up. Well, I heard that, but there were it was doing. I think because of your computer microphone, something extra weird happened along yeah, with totally rejecting the sound that was coming through it. No, I think it may be something that ends up you know returning as as a as a as a feature. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'll play back this recording and and uh, let you know if it survived. You'll you'll hear it if it did. All right. Well, thanks again, everybody, for listening. Really appreciate the support and all the listens. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Archie and his boys, we discuss in unique manner. We 
won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Warren and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home, yes, cool, or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement. Other restrictions apply.